I have a headset if I need it. Oh, you are all fine. I'm actually just trying to make sure I got everything in order over here. I've been doing some testing today, so... Um, it looks like you've got tape on your ceiling. Yeah, actually, that's caution tape from a long time ago. Uh, my friends put it up there, and because uh, the, the ceiling was about to fall down, and uh, it's halfway a joke. But there's actually caution tape, and then bunches of writing. Uh, like I said, the, the ceiling was coming down, the paint was crappy, so I just had my friends, hey, here's some markers. Just just go to town, guys. So it's, well, all, my, it's all my friends up there. <laughs> if you ever happen to stop by here, you got to put your name up here, too. So, haha. <laughs> Oops, where did I go? There I am. Okay, good. Don't mind me. I am super duper freaking nervous. Uh, ah! I didn't think you'd do this. Don't be nervous. I think we're the only two people in this. I've been on Zooms with like 30, 40 people. And that's like, yikes. It is awkward. It's, I did a, a speech group. Somebody had a whole speech session that was just... Actually, I really love... I didn't get to say anything, but it was just like, oh, man, there's so many people. Oh, my God, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're always nervous. It's like, okay, who's looking at you? And... <laughs> I'm not here. Can I, can I turn the, the video off? I don't want to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how people will come on with their video, and then after a few minutes, they'll turn it off because they they realize their video doesn't stack up to all the other videos. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually why I do this part up here is I have a halfway interesting background going on here i like your i like your blurred background where's glenn i just blurred where's he at oh he's in a another dimension here <laughs> it's it's sliders oh <laughs> uh, but yeah i i so where are you what what state are you in i am in iowa makokana iowa uh if you know where the mississippi river is i'm about 30 miles away from that yeah i drove across iowa a few years ago and uh, we stopped in the middle somewhere. There was a town, I forgot the town, and they had a, a water park. It was a public water park. And it was about 100 degrees that day. So I said, let's go to the water park. Yeah. We got tons really of them. Nice. We got it's little poppy. Like and we got little water parks everywhere like that. That's there. Huh. We got to do something. I don't know. It's flat. It's flat in the rest of the state. It's very nice where I'm at, but the rest of the state's real flat. So. I hope you enjoyed our water park. On the east side, um, near the Mississippi. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to be wondering where you were. I'll figure it I'm out. In I'm San got... Diego. So. Yeah. Well, actually, so, please don't uh, be offended that uh, I researched the hell out of you. So yes, I. Uh, you live in San Diego. Uh, if I'm correct, you're from Naples, Florida. Yeah, I grew up in Naples, yep. Florida. Okay. And uh, that's where my grandfather lived, and then my parents lived there, and we still have a, a condo down there. Ah, I thought so. Seemed like you moved to San Diego recently. Again, I it's I'm really bad when it comes to looking things up. I will research the hell out of people. So. Oh, good. There's no test, so. <laughs> <it doesn't laughs> if there's if there's some weird questions where you're just like, uh. Uh, how the hell did you find that out? You can totally tell you don't have to answer it or anything like that. It's it will edit that out. Yeah, yeah. I know how to do it. We'll 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 clip it. But uh, here, honestly, man, I gotta say, like, 
when I was doing this, you know, people are going to want to, oh, Brent Maddock. Oh, but Glenn, man, you're so, you're interesting as hell, dude. Like, there's a whole, like, I've got maybe about a third of this that's Tremors questions, but I, I got a bunch of them that's just like, oh, I'd like to know more about Glenn. Like, real, just, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Don't mind me on that, but it's. On here, so this is the best you're going to do. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I guess, I know he's reclusive and he's doing his thing. We'll get, we'll get plenty of inf information out of you. Um, he is. He's hard to uh, pin down for an interview, and, and his explanation is that he can't remember anything. So it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's kind of funny you say that because I've been watching uh, the the Q and A's. There's a bunch of Q and A's from the 30th and the 25th anniversary, and he kept saying that too. Where he's like, I, uh, I mean, I kind of know the answer to that question, but uh, let's just give it to Steve Iran because I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> Yeah, because well, I'll ask him questions. People will ask me in the group, and I'll go and ask him questions. He says, I don't remember. <laughs> that was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So, you, you Glenn, you go research it and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. There is, there is yeah. scant so information. I do the research, <laughs> and then he gets the credit. <laughs> Now I see how uh, him and Steve are able to halfway work together. There, it looks like Steve memorizes everything, and Brent does the does the funny bit. Steve, Steve's very much the detail guy, kind of the nuts and bolts, and he has a a, a better memory. And uh, Brent is more of the artistic, you know, jokes, dialogue guy, and concepts. Comedy. That's what the I was. Minutia, the yeah, details. He can't remember all that stuff. So. Um. I remember a few things, but not everything. He's got an abstract mind. I don't, that's what from listening to him. He's a. Uh, I don't yes. want to use the word flip it, but he's very off the cuff. I don't know. He seems like he's a. Uh, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong too. Uh, but he just seems like a very flowy kind of guy. Like he's not not thinking much. He just drifts from one thing to the next, just real right. chilling out, man. And right. flow. He doesn't take anything too seriously. And uh, he was born and raised in New York, so he has that kind of personality ah, mentality. Okay, okay. So it's very different, very different from Steve, who is Midwestern, <laughs> you know, Iowa-like. I, I, I see a lot of that uh, myself and Steve that way, too, but I also, I still can relate to Brent on the, I like to be loose, actually, uh. The other guy that I'm doing, the Kevin Collins, I've been doing a lot of podcasts with. I usually call him the Steve Wilson, and I'm the Brett Maddock to his Steve Wilson because I, I like to play it a little loosey goosey. He's got all the the smarts and stuff or whatever, and I. Yeah, I think I added uh, Kevin because does he have his own podcast? No, no, no. He's just been doing this. Oh, no, no, no. Um, oh. no, that's Kevin Smith. Actually, another another great guy. Uh, okay, right. Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith of the Suns and Shadows. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have to explain. Who's who? <laughs> not not the Kevin Smith from Clerks, but the Kevin Smith from Sons and Shadows podcast. Right, I added him because he wanted to connect. Yeah, actually, um, I I want to see you on. I was trying to figure out who that is. No, he's a uh, more on the Tremor Saga side of things. He's always retweeting and loving things. He's actually been my was my first guest, and then I just had him back for another episode too. The one that you laughed at, uh, that guy in the oh. thumbnail, uh, just really. Just really nice guy. Um, is he from Arizona? Yes. So what's really weird, you talk like him. You're kind of freaking me out right now because I'm just like, I, did I just have this conversation with Kevin or is this Glenn right now? So, no, 
definitely Glenn. <laughs> I guess I, uh, uh, all of us Tremies have a type. We all gra gra uh, gravitate towards a certain nerdy weirdness kind of a thing. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, well, okay, uh, we're halfway started, so I'm just gonna... If you're listening, folks, this is the Talking Tremors podcast, and I have with me Glenn Maddock, Brett Maddock's brother. Yeah! And right. I gotta... To introduce Glenn, if you don't know him, uh, and maybe you'll, you'll be a little like, oh no, Glenn, I'm not sure about this. I was looking up Glenn on LinkedIn, and one of the things that somebody said about you was that Glenn... Gives 110% to people that deserve it, that don't think that they deserve it. You go out of your way to make to make things happen that other people don't think should happen. I thought that was a really... Uh, both of the people that happened to comment on your LinkedIn. So if you go to your LinkedIn, that's what they'll say. I was like, okay, okay. My nerves definitely went down a little bit after I read that. I was just like, oh. Cool. Yeah, I think it runs in the family because we're kind of people, 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 people. Is that a phrase? People, and people, so people. We always try to help out people. Uh, you see, you seem incredibly nice and forthcoming. I've actually been talking to Glenn for the last year or so or whatever uh, behind the scenes and stuff, and you've been really collaborative and grateful and kind and caring and you have he has zero reason to talk to somebody like me uh besides the fact that i just love tremors so like i i thank you so much for just just being a great guy You're welcome. yeah so uh, follow glenn uh he's at soccer cool on twitter so as we go through here you can look back on his life and figure it all out and stuff but we're gonna start from the very beginning glenn where were you born I was born in New York, in the suburbs of New York. That's where my parents lived, uh, in Pleasantville, New York, which they made a movie about. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> I, re I do. It's, it's a great racism movie. It's, I really do love that movie. Uh, yeah, that was a few years back. and uh, So that's where I was born and, and grew up there. And then we bounced around. I lived in Connecticut, lived in Pennsylvania, lived in Florida. That's where the Naples connection is and uh now i'm out in san diego for about the last two decades i guess i've been out here uh so this kind of blew my mind you've got five brothers man i was i was living in the older brothers. yeah i was living yeah. in the world of like oh it's just brent maddock and glenn maddock you got five brothers drew brent todd kirk and scott what was your family like man what's it like growing up with that many brothers that's a lot of boys. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fights, a lot of sports, uh, you know, but everybody was a little different doing their own thing, you know. So my parents uh, gave us a lot of freedom, a lot of space to kind of develop our own interests, and they were fine with it as long as we didn't get arrested. <laughs> so <laughs> That's actually, so I, that uh, kind of fueled us. <laughs> so as long as we don't get arrested doing anything, we're all good. Um, yeah, they were pretty easy going for that generation. Yeah. Uh, so, when you were a kid, I noticed you you liked soccer a lot. Was that your thing? Was sports your thing as yeah, a kid? Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Soccer was my favorite sport. It still is. Yeah. So uh, I've always kind of followed that, and you know, professional soccer, college soccer, and uh, that's always interested me. It's you know, I like all sports, but 
soccer has always been my favorite. So the social media world, I kind of follow soccer teams and soccer players, and and so that's uh, where I is your favorite yeah. team San Diego. I, I assume. Uh, what's your favorite team? I gotta ask. Well, I like the yeah, I like the LA Galaxy who play uh, in Major League Soccer, and then we have our own team in San Diego called the San Diego Loyal, which is in a league called the USL. And uh, so I can go to those games here and follow them online. So, hmm. so it's just been a lifelong love affair. Because I was even reading too, you went on a whole journey to find out about your grandpa's football legacy. Yeah, my grandfather uh, on my mother's side was a pro football player, which uh, my mother kind of alluded to growing up. She didn't know much about it, so I thought, oh, that there's a project I can research that, figure out. Who was he? You know, <laughs> what was his story? And because uh, he died before I was born, so I never met him. I never got the stories. Um, and I found out he played in the Canadian Football League and worked for a lumber company up in um, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, so it was a fascinating story. And uh, I went and visited those places and and learned all about him and his life. And so it kind of gave me the background of my mother's upbringing and all that you a history fan in any kind of way or was it just a family thing yeah and my oldest brother who lives uh in pasadena is a history teacher so we grew up with a lot of history in the family and visited every battlefield on the east coast oh yeah because you're moving okay okay yeah so, so i've you always just... been into history and researching things oh okay uh So, on that note, what was your first job? My first job was bagging groceries when we <laughs> lived in Florida. I think I was 15, whatever the legal age was back then, <laughs> to have a job. So that was the first thing, bagging groceries, which I hated. And uh, What was the first job you liked? The character builder. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the first job you liked then? How about that? <laughs> After that one, I worked at McDonald's, which was another job I did not enjoy so much. But uh, it was a good experience to, you know, learn customer service. And uh, but when I was in college, I got into human resources. Ah, there it is. Okay. So that became my career. I did an internship when I was in college. You know, you do a summer internship, and uh, it just happened to be in an HR department in Boston, and. Um, they offered me a job when I graduated, and I said, sure, I need a job. <laughs> and so I just got into it. And so I, I enjoyed that because I like the people skills and the interaction and helping people develop their careers. And and uh, so it was just a, a fun pursuit that didn't involve a lot of math and science, which I wasn't particularly good at. So I feel you there, man. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love science, I'm no good at the math, so I'll always be screwed. Yeah, uh, I'm fascinated by it. I know, right? If, if you test me on it, I'm terrible. It's the coolest thing. I love to learn about it, but to actually execute it, I got nothing. Right, I'd never be an astronaut. Nope. I wouldn't make it. Watch them on TV, but I can't, just can't do it. I feel you. Now, oh my God, we're bonding. I love this. This is connection. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have so many, like, just to, like, 
there's all those questions on there. So I'm just going through here, really trying to speed line it. I want to know how I got involved with Tremors. Oh, I honestly know, Glenn. I said, that's, I got, I, I want to know more about you. I was like, so here's one, speedboat or oh. kayak. Kayaks, yes, I like kayaking. That's no, I meant like if you, oh, speedboat or kayak. You know, again, I was looking kayak. through your page, so you're a kayak guy. I am too, so that's where yeah. it's nice to float around. I feel like these questions are more, almost more important than the Tremors ones, because if someone wants to know who Brent is, they should learn about his family and everything that created that person. So like. We'll we'll get to the Tremors questions eventually, and quite frankly, I want to make the podcast audience work for it. <laughs> they don't okay. they don't get the Tremors facts early. No, no, no. They're gonna have to learn about you if they want to find it out. <laughs> That's how I roll. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ooh, on on a halfway note of that, Brent was talking about when you were kids. He used to do uh videos and puppets and plays and stuff and he said that he made his younger brother act up and do characters is that you yes it probably was me i helped him out with lots of his projects mostly in the 70s i think it was or early 70s and uh, he had one of those little um 16 was a kodak 16 millimeters what he was saying yeah camera and uh so he would shoot those home movies, and I would participate in them. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, that's why I had to ask. The way he said it, I was like, so he made his little brother have to... I'm going to need to see what Glenn's perspective on that one was. Yeah, was, uh, as far as I can remember, it was mostly running around the backyard and, you know, just being goofy. Kids, kids being kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, this actually is a question that comes from our fans, uh, and they have to know, what does Glenn Maddock know? I'm just kidding. That yeah, question, that question was from you. <laughs> well, the funny thing is when I, when I talk to different Tremors people, not just my brother, is everybody has uh, a, a, a small piece of information that they remember, and then a bunch of stuff they forget. And so you have to talk to lots of different people to piece it all together. If it you know, if it wasn't know, for the full story, if it wasn't for this thing right here, man, right. like it is so okay. Like that's that person said that, and that over there, I've got to okay cross reference, double check. Whew. So thank you, Jonathan Melville, and again, everybody should yeah. buy buy this thing, The Brent, Seeking he Perfection. Did a great job with that book, and what was great is he kind of pieced together. You know, Brent would remember one thing, and Steve would remember something different. And then you put it all together, and you get the full story. Weirdly oh. enough, as we were talking, it's the the Steve is the memorized detail person, and Brent is the flowy person. You get all of the character stories and actors and crew, the way that things kind of happen behind the scenes from Brent, and then you get the actual. Well, oh, this is how the take happened, and what we were doing, and the mechanical effects from Steve. Right. And you're like, oh, like it's where they talk about their partnership is really both of them and they both they, whatever is coming to the table that we love about tremors is both of those guys and it's very yeah you know that you put the two together and you get the full spectrum of yeah. the story it's uh, not just one little piece I, and so that's why it works so well their scripts 
we'll get into the politics of it later, but there's almost a sense of like Brent is the the left side of the country and Steve is the right side. And if they actually like work together and did, you know, if Democrats and Republicans work together and did something together, oh, that's actually Steve and Brent. Like they're two, to me, they have similar ideas, but they have opposite ways to approach it. And it it really speaks to me on a, on that political level. I don't know if anybody else takes it that way, but that's, I see a lot of it. Um, Yeah. They, they partner well together because they bring different things to the table. uh, Now you're really making me, I'm so glad that I piece a bunch of stuff together behind the scenes. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what we need to do. Anyway, kind of makes me feel better about my job that I'm doing here. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some weird ones. So, what's your favorite food? Ooh, favorite food? Yeah, probably um, anything Italian. Oh, you know, different pastas and. I imagine I that's. Grew up eating Italian food. Is that the New York? Reason. That's what. My mom's from New York, so that's where we actually have a big Italian in my life too. So that's where. I love the Italian yeah. too. I remember as a kid going to lots of Italian restaurants, and so I just have an affinity for that. For Italian, all right. What's your favorite music? Uh, probably classic rock, yeah. because my older brothers listened to it extensively when I was a little kid, so I just kind of absorbed it. I feel you. My dad did that, did that to me. Actually, I'm a huge classic rock fan because he just listened to it all the time. Yeah, that's what I would hear on the radio when I'm sitting in the back seat of the car. So, <laughs> like, what is what is this band? Who are they? Aerosmith. You're not driving, Glenn. Shut up. <laughs> You're gonna listen to what we want. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, boy, that's tough. Today, there's so many shows. Oh. Um, I do like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. That's one of my favorite shows. Just because I like that style of humor. Yeah. Uh, I've caught clips of it, so I haven't fully. Wa- now I gotta watch Curb. Everybody's gotta watch Curb. Yeah. I think it's HBO, but it's probably in syndication. Yeah. No. Uh, so. I'm a. I like Larry David as a comedian, so that's where I need to get yeah. into that. That's really funny. Um, and then hop, skip, and a jump to what's your favorite movie? You don't have to say tremors. Like that's perfectly fine. Like that's that's all right. That's a given. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But uh, yeah, I, well, I I grew up with all the science fiction movies, Star Wars and Star Trek, and so uh, I have a affinity for Star Wars and all those those films. So that would have to be at the top of the list. Okay. Like I said this is very informative to me i might be making more questions as i go here because it's just like okay all right didn't know that question that's important when you're yeah uh and i keep going so what makes you laugh um i know you're like um hold on existentialism here i'm fine (laughs) yeah a lot of things make me laugh a very creative joke makes me laugh something that i never would have thought of that makes me laugh. And then just, you know, human foibles. You know, somebody doing something stupid that's completely out of left field. 
makes me laugh. <sighs> like every day I see people doing goofy things. It's like, what, you, what is that guy doing? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, I'm falling more and more in love with you, Glenn. Uh, and on the next one, what makes you happy? Um, just, you know, doing good things for other people makes me happy. And Italian food also. This guy! Holy crap, folks! This dude! Ugh! Ugh! You know, I don't have a beard or glasses, but I'm just like, am I in San Diego right now? Ugh! Yeah! Wow! I really, I do. Ah, I didn't. Ah, I didn't think I'd love you so much, Glenn. This is going great. Um, what influences you? Um, that's a good question. What influences me? I guess you know people who we would consider uh, role models. You know, who've been successful in life. And so I, I like to study, you know, well, what did they do? What was unique about them that made things work out? So that those would be influences. And then different causes that I believe in and, uh, you know, want to help uh, the environment or, you know, whatever the cause is, uh, is an influence because I look for ways I can uh, participate and contribute and or at least just get the message out and help that issue it seems like it seems like your big thing is helping uh you're yes. you're a helper that would be my like all of your answers just like damn what damn no wonder i love you so much um <laughs> it was yeah what's your okay and last one on the existential this existentialism what is it do you love about being alive Better than the alternative. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, true. <laughs> In these yeah, days, I mean, that's... There's, there's so much uh, available for us to do. You know, there's so many adventures that we get to go on. So I think that's one of the motivating things in life is, you know, what are you going to do next? What's the next thing you're going to tackle? What's the next adventure? You know, how, so how much can you get out of life, you know, while you're here? And on that, what do you want to get out of life? That was actually a last question, but I'm going to flip it up front. What do you want out of, what, you know? Um, just, you know, everybody talks about bucket lists, and I, you know, I, I don't think you want to make a list. I just think you want to keep doing it, you know, as long as you enjoy it yep. till the yep. very end. And so as many adventures as possible i love to travel i love to find new cultures and meet new people and so just keep doing that you're almost that, living your own movie your own tv show it sounds like you are not oh you're the main character but you're just every, what's a new episode what can i do what's that new that thing that you can grab a hold of wow yeah i if i was in a movie or a tv show i'd be that sidekick guy you know, who's got the, the equipment that's needed <laughs> or he drives the truck or you know, I'd be the sidekick. You're, I wouldn't be the star, but you're the Larry Norville. You're our Grady Hoover. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's any, I, as a, a Larry and a Grady myself, it's an important job, man. You know, like it is, you gotta have it. You gotta have backup. It's really, really important 
Well, you can look at the stars all day, but sometimes those of us on the bench do a lot more than we realize. Right. I mean, that's why they give uh, a Bert a sidekick in every movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the character doesn't work by himself. He's got to have the sidekick, even if he doesn't like the sidekick. Yeah, that's kind of, but that that not liking him is kind of what makes it good, though. Like that's I can't. Right. Right. It's the the conflict makes it fun. F- Finding out that that person that you thought was annoying is actually really handy and useful, and you're just like, well, I'm going to change my preconceived notions. Yeah. <sighs> um, uh, I kind of halfway know this. Uh, do you play any football? I see you have a, a little bit of flag football that you participated in. Yeah. Um, in the last few years, well, I guess the last 10 years, I've been in a flag football league. Oh. It's kind of a fun way to keep playing team sports without being too strenuous, you know. And so it's just a weekend kind of uh, uh, recreational league thing. So that's fun to do, and I enjoy that team sports atmosphere. That's still important to me, like I said, because if the Tremors fans are listening, I want them to hear that, like, you love soccer and shit and sports, but you're also kind of like in film and stuff here on the other side, uh, that there is a... Yeah, I've got, you know, multifaceted personalities. So uh, I have lots of friends who are into, <laughs> you know, sci-fi and gaming and that whole world. And uh, then lots of friends who are into sports, and I'm kind of in both spheres. You you are a bridge, Glenn. Yeah. What I seem to be learning about you, a bridge between peoples. Um, I, I, this is just the weirdest thing out of left field, but because you love soccer, I have to ask, and I want everyone to watch this show too. Have you seen Ted Lasso yet? Yes, I've ah. seen some of the first season episodes, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Ooh, as a as a fan of Tremors, it's got some great writing, and uh, actually, the second season especially does a wonderful job tackling the idea of mental health in sports and how we actually treat people and should treat p- people better just for having brains. Um, and I wanted to tell you to watch it. That was really where it was at. I knew you loved soccer, so I was like, oh, make sure. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell Glenn to watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's a total shout-out for that show. They're not paying me or anything. I just had to say it. Um. And on that note, so because you have this foot in both worlds, what are the similarities between making movies and playing on a soccer team to you? And then also, you know, what are the differences too? You know, it's a boom. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference is, is obvious. It's not the, the athletic uh, pursuit, you know, of winning titles. But the similarities are a lot because it's very much a team atmosphere. You know, when you're, when you're making a movie, everybody has a position they play, you know, to make it work. And it's all got to work, you know? The cameraman and the sound guy and, and the editors and post-production people, everybody has a role, even the music guy, you know? That's all important. So it's the big team atmosphere. And it's also, you know, you're doing it for usually a few months. You know, it's a project, so it's like an athletic season. Oh yeah! Oh, a few months. So it's kind of the same. You got to bring the team together. We're gonna be at this for three or four months, maybe five months, 
and we all have our roles and everybody has to execute and if you're not doing a good job you're going to get replaced (laughs) you know so it's a lot like sports oh wow even down to your storyboarding beforehand you got to write your script on the on the marker board and find out where everybody needs to go and which directions right I'm actually glad I asked that question the director on the movie is like a quarterback on a football team He's the key guy, but if everybody else doesn't do their job, then it doesn't make any difference how good he is. <laughs> if that, there's no one for the quarterback to throw to and catch the ball, what's the, I mean, who cares? <laughs> if they don't block for him, then he's screwed. Yep. If they don't catch the ball, then he's screwed. He gets blitzed. So. In, uh, and on that note, would you rather make movies or would you rather coach soccer or coach a, coach a sport? Um, well, I have coached and I enjoy that, but I would love to make movies because that's something uh, that I haven't developed a talent for. So it it would be more of an adventure for me to do that. And it's, and it's harder, you know, it's really hard to get a movie made or a TV show. You get anything made. It's very, very hard. And, uh. So I would love to do that. I would love to be more involved in that. And little dabbling I've done uh, with Tremors, uh, you know, kind of whets your appetite to do more. You got the bug, as it's called. Yeah. Honestly, I thought you were going to say coaching. That's really, okay. Wow. Oh, I love that, too. No, no, I know. I was just trying to. You're offering me something that's really hard. <laughs> that's why I had to ask. Done. So, of course, I'm going to take the hard thing. That's actually, that's that's where it's interesting to learn about your character, though, that, like, you choose the hard thing over the easy thing. The thing that challenges you uh, makes you better in the end, which is, uh, we should all do that. That should... Right, right. Why not? And if you fail, you go back to the, the first thing, yeah, right? That's kind of what you were saying about the, the living life. You're going to try everything. You're going to fit into all the corners and go here and do that and because why not yeah why not you know you only get one life live it oh wow no i totally thought you were going to say coaching that was okay cool you know what glenn i guess we'll have to find a way to work you in somehow um all right whenever that happens eh, no winking uh i got this is just and off the, like I said, I have all these questions here. What upsets you in the world of sports? I see you get, uh, there's a lot of, I, I know some things, like there's the FIFA uh, scandal and stuff that happened. What what makes you mad about what's happening in sports right now? Um, well, there's a lot of things to make <laughs> me mad. Go through them all, man. I want to hear them. <laughs> I think... It, that it's become so corporate and money is driving so many of the decisions it gets away from fans love for the game you know where you know when i was a kid growing up you didn't think about how much money you know the guy's making or what the budget of the team is or who the sponsors are you, you could care less about any of that stuff it was just the game was fun and you wanted your team to win and we've gotten so far away from that lately. Uh, and you saw it in baseball with the strike or the lockout that they had. And um, 
you know, it's just the money dominates so many of the decisions that I think it kind of undermines the fun of the sport. It makes it harder uh, to get kids to engage in it, you know, and that's one of the big problems in sports today is fewer and fewer of the fans are little kids, you know, and they're teens or, you know, 10 years old or whatever. Uh, that is shrinking, that fan base. They're going, doing other things with their phone and video games and whatever they do. Um, and so that's going to be a problem. What's going to happen in 20 years when those kids aren't interested in sports? You're going to have a bunch of 70, 80-year-olds <laughs> still watching. So I mean, it'd be interesting, but it probably wouldn't be as fun. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's it's sustainable. So I think that's a, the biggest problem in sports is how it's so dominated by money. big money. And, money, money, money. You know, every like every owner, I think, in baseball, maybe football, are billionaires now. Not millionaires. They're all billionaires. And it's like, whoa, this is a real disconnect. I, I see, I, I love learning about these things, like learning that kind of problem because you're just like, as far as I know of sports, my, my that is the biggest problem. The you paying paying players twenty, eighty, ninety million dollars to just come play a game is like that never has it. That doesn't seem sustainable. And now I'm it. it that makes sense that it's not kind of don't don't hate uh, sports are whatever to me, and it actually kind of makes me sad. That actually makes me care a little bit more now. Just like that, it's. That money has done that to something that should just be fun. You were talking about uh, having kids in it and stuff. What you were saying almost reminds me of that uh, that old uh, little league or uh, not varsity, but school games. And it's like, oh, we're doing it for the fun. We're doing it for the fun of the game. It's not about winning. It's about the fun of the game. And that has just gone all the way out the window. Uh, e even with younger kids these days, because it's oh, you've got to be the best. You've got to be the best because you don't know who's watching. Because you got to get scouted. And you got to be good enough. And I can imagine that if you're that kid, it's just like, well, why should I try if I don't have enough of the resources around me to be able to compete at the level of all of those other people with thousands and millions and billions of dollars? Man, you just kind of that wasn't a problem I knew about. Now it makes me kind of sad. Damn. What? I mean, it's still fun to watch, but I don't know what the future of sports is if it keeps going like it is now. So, like, I'm really thinking. I don't know many younger people. I'm 30, so I do. I know plenty of people underneath my age, and I'm really trying to think of anybody that is hardcore into sports. Oh man, ouch! I was actually thinking sports was doing really well in this country, so that was a. Uh, Huh. Well, we have a lot of people, so you yeah. know, there's still lots of participants, but it's steadily gone down, particularly amongst younger people. We the have action. a lot more options now. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have video games. So it's like we've had you know, we, we're, we're you were in the band. So. Hey, I was in marching band. No, play tuba right here, man. So I'm not gonna. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, t no shame on that. Oh, man. Now I just want to ask you all kinds of questions about how much do you hate money. Uh, but that's not going to be a really boring podcast because it's... Yeah, that's going to be a little boring. Yeah, uh, we all know. to talk about something else. Um, actually, okay, so we'll do this. We'll do... I'm going to I'm going to jump. It's right here. Uh, 
Money. How much do you hate the Hollywood money system? I cannot stand all the marketing and almost like now, now that you're really thinking of it, it is like sports. And I'm just like, yeah, how could you be a kid watching movies and ever think that you're going to get into movies when everything is billions and billions of dollar franchises? Oh. Yeah, I think the major studio oh. system is the big problem today because it's so corporate driven. You can see what they're doing. They latch on to whatever franchise, Marvel, whatever it is. And they just keep regurgitating the same thing over and over again. They don't care about original content and new stories. I mean, they have, of course, they have little artsy divisions. You've got your Nolans and your Tarantinos, but you know, right, outside. But of it's that. a, you know, it's a small little niche. Yeah. It's not the broad uh, studio system like it used to be um, that you saw in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s it was still kind of there and then it's sort of all of a sudden maybe it was the internet i don't know what it was that happened maybe in the late 90s when all these kind of mega franchises exploded and you know now if we don't have a new superhero movie every week what are we going to do how do we survive <laughs> oh, man. how many more superheroes are left i, I don't yeah. know as someone that likes those movies too, I keep wondering when the when the stop point I like is. Good ones. <laughs> I don't like the drivel that is just to sell products. You know the the movies that are made to sell toys and don't have a good story and don't have a good script and don't have anything original to offer. It's like okay, you just produce this film so you can sell products. Why am I wasting my money on this? Wait, you, why am I wasting my money to watch this when you want me to already go waste my money over here to buy another thing? So Yeah. Uh, what so you're saying, yeah, too... The studio system, I think, and, and everybody I talk to who has any connection to it, they all say the same thing. It's like, we don't know where this is going to go. What is it going to look like in 10 years when you just have a, a corporation making movies with a computer software program and you know you don't even need a script anymore you just plug in the the pieces uh, and boom there's a deep, movie deep fake actors uh the cgi people into there we don't even need actors right. or anything we don't need crew it's uh, not too far in the future we're going to have movies that don't really have actors you know and there was no script because it's just public feedback what do you want the character to say oh. and we've Push this button on a computer, <laughs> and the CGI character will say what you want them to say. <laughs> as someone that wants, I need a script. Uh, as someone that wants fans to have more input, that is not the way to do it. <laughs> no, but it, it's technologically possible, and I can see them, the people who run these things, doing that. Uh, you, I see it with. Tremors and Tremors fans, and it's actually something that I kind of I, I tell them more and more, especially with that official Facebook group where it's like, guys, you do know that like Universal's here, right? And they're just sitting there with a pen and pencil, going like, "That's a good idea. 
That's a good idea. I like that. That's a good idea. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. And I'm just like, yeah, because there's, there's lots of people that have great ideas on there. And I'm just like, oh, it's, uh, shh, don't stop it. Like, I, I posted some of mine on there, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop this now because I don't 100% believe that there's not someone back there, like I said, with a pen and pencil, just like, that's a, oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should kill Bert Gummer because it would be awesome. Sorry, <laughs> that just always makes me mad. But you can you can feel that that uh, that yeah, I'm algorithm. I'm curious if if some fan had suggested that. I I on it like because well, I where go. Where did they come up with that idea? I no I I I mean that I truly mean that because uh, I go through and I I trawl the Facebook page. I trawl every single thing that has tremors on it and I always start from the beginning, the first time somebody said something and it's there I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty damn sure that somebody suggested the plot for six and seven at some point. Because I know five was made off Stampede. But I'm I feel like a fan yeah. suggested, oh, what if Graboids went to the Arctic? And then another fan said, what if Graboids were in water? Oh, they say that all the time. What if they were on an island? And Universal was like, yeah, what if they were? <laughs> Don Michael Paul, write this. Just take it away or whatever. Uh, and on that note, oh. See, oh, like we're talking about that. Should that kind of thing, should, should Hollywood survive underneath that system? Uh, and can it survive? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want it to personally, but like, sh- like, should it? Like, should that, or should we just put the stop button on it now and just end it all? <laughs> yeah, well, in the current form, I I don't see how it can survive um, for too long because the public is going to want something different because they always want something different at some point. But the the question is, can we get back to what was working before? where you valued the filmmakers and the screenwriters and you created original stories and you would cast a movie with a bunch of people you've never seen before. Oh, it's always the you best. <laughs> I love unknown actors. Don't mind me. I always love seeing people I don't know. Uh, one of the things I love about the first Tremors is that I've never seen Finn Carter in anything else. <laughs> I, I know she's done other things, but I just always love the like, that's Rhonda. She's in that film and that's, as far as I am concerned, that's what she is. Uh, there is no one else. I mean, with, with the first movie, uh, of course, I had seen Kevin Bacon before. Most people had. And I had seen Michael Gross on the, on the sitcom he did. But those were the only two faces I recognized. Everybody else was brand new to me. And so you, you completely get lost in that character, and they become that character. Yeah, because you you don't There's have no any yeah any other else. point to go off. Because you're right. Like for me, I have Kevin Bacon is Ren in Footloose. Actually, that was where I first saw him, and uh, I've seen Fred Ward in enough other romantic comedy movies that I can kind of see him there. But for me, I actually I didn't watch Family Ties, so Michael Gross is Burt Gummert. I don't have any other reference for him outside of that. I know I've actually seen lots of his stuff since then, but it's just been like, oh, you are. That person. That's what you get when you cast unknowns. They get to right. embody that the role. Really casting, really. Uh, when you think about it, because the studio didn't want to do that because he didn't fit, you know, the character. But they recognized he's a really good actor. He can literally do anything. Let's give him a chance, and you know, he made it his own. 
Uh, it always reminds me of Henry Fonda in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. No, right. Oh, Once Upon no one guy. Uh, one of those Once Upon a Times. But that's Michael Gross as Burt Gummer has always been. Oh, whoa, acting. Yes, sir. <laughs> like sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and really, actually, what this is so, uh, this is the sentiment that I see on the internet. Uh, is that what seems to be the problem? And actually, the way that we're talking about the money here is that let's not give a hundred billion dollars to a to a, a to a movie. People will be like, "Oh, I want a big budget reboot of Tremors," and I always have to chime in. I would just like a regular budget of Tremors. Like, let's let's give Tremors, you know, let's give it twenty million dollars, not ten. And that's we've lost the. The in between movies, I think. I think that's what we're both talking about here. Where it's yeah. that that's what we're missing is there. There are all those movies that are made for maybe a hundred thousand dollars. Your student films, uh, Asylum. We're gonna put it out on DVD. They don't cost anything. And then there's a hundred five billion dollar fair over here with every single person in it, and there's nothing in the middle. I always that's that is the biggest uh, movie like people that love movie complaint is it's just like I would love to have some ten million dollar, five million dollar, fifteen million dollar small budget movies again that felt more connected. It's what I love about Stampede stuff is it's very the its smallness makes it almost feel bigger. You get a yeah. lot more a lot more out of it because you have to really think about things. Uh, it's what makes Tremor so freaking good is when you're like, oh that practical effect that's just a, a buoy in the ground that they drag with some dirt. Or, oh, that, that's just an elevator. That's just a little, like, just the simplest little things. You're like, damn, man. Like, we don't need hundreds of millions of dollars. We just need a, a proper budget that actually gives time to those kinds of things. Um, I guess I'm, I'm getting a little mad as I talk about that. Just like, yeah, man, let's give, let's make a $20 million Tremors. Let's double the budget of the first one and just make a $20 million one. Well, there was a movie that just came out recently, and it's actually done pretty well. I think it was called Dog. Oh, yeah. With uh, Channing Tatum. Tatum. And I think they made it for $20 million, which today is pretty bargain. He was the only star in the film. It's a road trip movie. So there's no special effects. You know, there's no explosions. So a very, very simple film. And people like it, and it's made like $50 million. So I'm like, okay, studios, pay attention. There's a movie with a good script, um, simple budget, not huge, and it's made a profit. So that's how you can still do it. You don't need to spend $200 million making another Batman or whatever they spend. As much as we love Batman, I get it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. So, no, the answer is so no. It can still be done. It just it's just they have to be willing to go after that kind of niche market and say okay we're going to give you 20 million if you can make me 50 million then we turn a profit and it was worth it hell yeah that works for me um okay all right we're gonna roll in to some tremors questions now because that starts to work for what we're doing um What was your role through one, two, three, four, and the TV show? Just take me through 
and I'll remember and I'll ask questions as we go here, but I just want to let's hear from Glenn for a little bit. What was your role on Tremors, on all of them? Uh, get the coffee. <laughs> that was, it's important, that man. Good. Don't. There's you know, a, when, I visited, because when the original Tremors was made, uh, that was, I think, summer of 89, mm-hmm. uh, I was in college. So I visited the set that summer just to see what was going on. And uh, I stayed with my brother at the hotel up in Lone Pine and would go out to the set wherever they were shooting and just kind of observe and run around and get things for people. So there was no job. It was just... You were gophering. His brother is on the set. <laughs> you know, if you need some coffee, <laughs> some coffee. And, it's uh, important, man. Don't the, diss uh, it. The Tremors 2... When was that shot? I think that was uh, 95 came out in 96 and again i visited that set um because it was during the summer for some reason they always shot these in the summer and um and so that was fun um uh, tremors three again i visited the set it was shot in the summer my brother was the director yeah so i wanted to see directing um and so I spent, I don't know how much it was, a couple of weeks with them while they were shooting. It was incredibly compact shooting schedule uh, for that. 25 film. days, They I had think. to get everything done. Yeah. You know, you had to do like two days of shooting in one day. Yeah. That's so they would start shooting at 6 a.m. and they would finish about 7 at night. <laughs> then they'd get a couple of hours of sleep. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know how they pulled it off. But they did. Actors. And, uh, so that, that was fun. And that was done just north of Los Angeles. Uh, I forget what the town was where they shot that. But it was up near um, where Six Flags Magic Mountain is, the amusement park. That's where they shot it. And then uh, what, what was the next thing they did? Oh, the TV series. Um, that was shot down in Rosarita, Mexico. And I didn't actually go on the, the set for that one because Brent was up in Los Angeles. I went to Universal Studios where they had their office because they were shooting um, the TV series down in Rosarito. Yeah, they were in Mexico, Mexico and they were at a studio yeah, writing in studio. And then he was up doing the scripts as fast as they could. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. And he had a team of writers, too. It wasn't just him. And um, so that that went by pretty quickly, the TV series. I've actually... It was weird that with the TV series because when they shot the final episode, they didn't know it was canceled yet. They found out, at, I think it was at the rap party. That's what I thought, uh, yeah. They have a party when you're done shooting the, the end of a movie or the end of a TV show. And I think they found out at the party yeah. that, oh, you're not coming back. Huh. I remember that from the Seeking Perfection book, actually, and it was really just like, ow. I, I mean, just ow, kind of, yeah, ow. There's a lot of bullshittery there too that you know about. So it's just yeah, like, that's just the way really, it was handled was, was terrible. That's what I mean to do that to like you. You film your last episode and you're partying and yeah, it was a great time. You're canceled. Yeah, we had fun. <laughs> and now you're out of work. That's <laughs> see you later. Uh, I, I gotta and add. That? And then Tremors Four was shot uh, about the same time. It was and, the same time. It was I literally didn't get to go to the set on that one. Yeah. Steve was doing that up uh, again north of Los Angeles, in the kind of 
semi-desert locale that they used. And that was a very tough shoot because uh, the series was still going. Yeah. You know the story. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to you know, go back and forth and you had a different crew doing the movie while you had a separate crew trying to complete the TV series. And it was just very awkward timing. But uh, it, I thought it came out pretty well. It was super low budget. I mean, that had to be the lowest budget of all the movies. So it's amazing that they... <laughs> We're able to make a western. Uh, it's actually my favorite of all of them too. So I'm always, I'm absolutely shocked at what they did with so little on that one. Just yeah, a period piece with monsters, folks. It's, that costs a lot more than you think it does. Uh, <laughs> um, I swear I've seen your name on the credits as a producer on the TV show. Have you seen that? You you're in the credits. Oh, am I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was a gift. No, I, swear, I had to. That's where I was like, was the TV show the one part that you maybe had a, a hand in? Because before I ever met you, this was almost this was like two years ago. I was rewatching the TV show, and oh, there's Brent Maddock comes up, and I, oh, Glenn Maddock. Oh yeah, I wonder. You know, I bet that's a guy. Wait, Maddock, Matt. Wait, is that that guy's brother? Hold on a sec. Oh, let's look up the IMDb. Oh. Oh man, it is. So then, <laughs> so that's right. You're in yeah, the I credits. Noticed that. Maybe, I, maybe it's there, but I'm, I'm grateful. It's I'm gonna like have to take a picture. Or I, don't, I don't remember. You were def, you were definitely in the credits. Because then I felt even more stupid when I first like talked to you, and I was like, man, I know a whole bunch about Tremors, like, and you're like second in knowledge to Tremors to me. And then I found out that you were fucking <laughs> Brent Maddox's brother, and I was like, ow. I'm a jackass. Yeah, I have an unfair advantage. I know, I but it. it's just I'm I'm kind of autistic and just oh wait that last name oh that last name's also the last name of the other person. Uh oh crap! I actually did the same thing to Michelle Wilson. She was on Twitter. Did you talk to her? I, I was talking to her on Twitter and she was like, yeah, you know, I met my I met my husband on the set of uh, Tremors Four, and she put up a picture of her and Michael Gross, and then this other guy with some glasses on or whatever, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting, and you know, then I'm talking back and forth. Wilson, yeah, Steve will tell Steve. Wait, Michelle Wilson? Oh, let me go. Let me look back at the. Oh, the oh the guy with the glasses is Steve. Oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I, fr- I know who you are. Oh, man. I felt really bad. So that's where... Don't be offended if I don't know who you are. I promise I, I really do. I just gotta I gotta put the pieces together. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people involved. I like, know. It's Last names are hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um... So your role is just... Like, you love your brother, it seems like. That's what I'm getting... Right. I just, you know, came to support him and, and help out and, and kind of get behind the scenes uh, in the movie business, see what was happening and what's involved. I remember uh, on the original Tremors, which they shot up in Lone Pine, um, I think um, Bobby Jacoby played Melvin. I think he was the same age as me, or he still is the same age. Oh, wow. We used to go swimming in the pool together at the hotel we were staying at. <laughs> wow. There weren't any other kids there. No. I mean, it was him and... Uh, Ariana, and she's way younger. Yeah, yeah. And she was much younger. And, 
she wasn't interested in him. <laughs> so that was my connection because he was about my age. So we would hang out. And... So you're a little Melvin. Okay. That ain't, that ain't, yeah. That's very I always rooted for Melvin. I like the Melvin character because he was misunderstood. That's why... Why I appreciated it. I actually I like to point out to people when they're like, oh, you know, Melvin sucks and Melvin should have died. That it's like he, that's kind of they always dump on Melvin. Yeah, and they do, and I'm always I, I actually I, I say this in my other podcast that uh, I want a redemption arc for Melvin. I want a really good. I would love to see Robert Jane come back and have a nice meaty role that like, oh, this is what like I, the uh, the pilot the the Kevin Bacon pilot actually has a really great moment in it where the character of Melvin said, you know, he tried to save you. He left me up on a roof and wanted to use me as bait. And you, like, you watch that movie with that idea, like, oh, yeah, they're kind of, like, Nestor dies, and he's like, no way, man, no way. He's, like, having a moment, and then about 30 seconds later, hey, Melvin, you want to make a buck? Hey, yeah, eat it. He's just like, you know, that's really offensive guys like he's he's kind of shitty but he's a 13 year old kid and he just watched that guy die and you're just like hey you want to go run and be a sacrifice for us no wonder he's it's funny there was so much potential that you could develop with that character and they started to do it with with the tv show in tremors three briefly and then they had him appear a couple of times in the tv series melville and i think that if, if the series had continued, you would have seen that story arc. To watch him, I would I would love to see the because to get that redemption arc, you got to have a little bit of hate in it. To watch Melvin try to screw over the town for Melville, and then realize, oh no, I actually do love these people and they do care about me. Oh, I need to be a better person, and like, and then get a redemption arc out of it because I can, I, I would. I would love, I think the person that would 100% be able to do it to Melvin is Nancy. If you're a fan of Tremor, I feel like she has been there since the beginning and would just be able to be like, you know, Melvin, as much as we hate you, like we don't want you to die and you're just doing all of this because we, I mean, we messed up We we were the adults in the situation and you were the kid. We probably should have been a little better about that. Yeah. I think you would have Melvin, um, you put him in a, in a, a catch-22 situation where he either saves his business or he saves a person mm-hmm. that he knows. What does he do? Yeah. Of course he has to save the person and and the business falters. But that struggle, oh, but, I'm right. going to, hold on. And then you see the humanity in him that yes, do, do, do. you know, it's all about business, but he really does care for He cares. People. Actually, I'm going to write that down. Uh, Melvin has to make a catch-22 between business and... Pro- yep, uh, uh, we'll write that one in. Actually, that's a, that's a really good... Yeah, I, I am right. I jokingly, think, but... Yeah, if there had been a, a second season of the series, they would have done something like that, where you bring Melvin back and you warm him up a little. Yeah. You know, he's not so um, money-grubbing. Yeah. you got to have a little humanity to a character, otherwise it's flat. Uh Wow, got more out of that than I thought I would. Um, so how in the hell did you become the head of all the Tremies? Like, you seem to be our de facto uh, leadery person uh, here. How the hell did you stumble into that? Uh, it doesn't seem like you were trying to. My, 
my tech savvy is, is I kind of got into all the different groups that there were uh, around Tremors. And I think it was probably the 25th reunion, which they did in LA. They were trying to organize it. And I realized that the people at the top didn't really know about all these fans that were out there, you know? They didn't know how to connect with them because they weren't social media savvy yet. And so I said, well, why don't I work on that and try to connect people? And so I started inviting people to this reunion that they wanted to have in LA for the 25th. And more and more people started responding, like the, the sci-fi magazines and uh, I think it was Famous Monsters. Fam yeah, magazine. Famous Monsters. Um, and so they got involved with it. And, and that started the ball rolling and i realized that you know last time i checked i think there's twenty thousand people in all the different tremors groups uh it may be bigger than that my because uh, there's eleven thousand in the official one thirty thousand in the burt gummer one five uh, six thousand in the franchise fans and then there's two hundred thousand that just like tremors on the right on their facebook page so it's a big pool of fans all over the world. And I said, well, you know what, if we can connect these people and let them know what's happening, you're going to get a, a lot of participation in this stuff. And so for that LA reunion, which was the 25th that we did, I have something up on my wall about it. <laughs> and um, where is it? I got it up here. Tremors. Tremors. Oh, VIP. Tremors VIP, and we had a private screening. Private screening. That was the 25th reunion we did. And there was a huge turnout for that. Yeah. And it went really well. And we got a, a bunch of the, the cast and crew that showed up. And that kind of kind of fueled everybody's fire that, oh, there's more, there's more life left <laughs> in this than we thought. And so immediately they started saying, we got to do something for the 30th because, you know, 30th was coming up um and so it was decided that they wanted to do it back at the original location in lone pine which i was kind of you know who's going to drive all the way up there nobody's going to go <laughs> that and i said do it in the summer because that's when most people you know they're out of school or, or whatever they can go on family vacations and they said no no the actual anniversary is in january Let's do it in January. I said, nobody's going to want to go in January <laughs> to this remote little town. That'll never work. And if we hadn't done that, the pandemic hit in March. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. The reunion would never have happened. Oh, wow. I've actually been trying to line that time up, timeline up because it's 2020. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. So the reunion would have been canceled. There would have been no... You know, none of that. That's Bert Gummer, Kevin Bacon showing up by video. None of that would have happened if we had waited and the pandemic hit. So we got it done in January, right before everything happened. And it was a tremendous success. I helped organize it up in uh, Lone Pine and invited everybody. Yeah, I saw you uh, asking questions. Yeah. I got all those... Uh, actors who couldn't make it to do videos huh. i said just make a 
TikTok video or, you know, whatever, Instagram video for us. And they did it. The only one I couldn't get was Fred Ward. <laughs> so that was frustrating. He's, he is I forever elusive. <laughs> I contacted people, but he has a lot of layers of people. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting because uh, it, it was a huge success. I mean, we could have had 500 people there if we wanted to. But we had to limit it because their movie theater they have, I think it only seats 100 or 110. And so they said, well, we can't have 500 because there's no place to move it. So it was a tremendous success. We got to do an uh, outdoor screening. And that got everybody really charged up about it. And that's what fueled that next movie that came out, the last one, that was, uh, what was it called? Trigger Island. Island. <laughs> so the studio was very jazzed about this reunion. When they saw how successful it was, they were like, oh, we got to get this movie out. So there was some benefit to it. That seems like a, seems like a really dumb decision there uh hopefully if you're listening to this you've watched shrieker island and you know the spoilers of the ending that if you go oh yeah there's all these people that love tremors let's make a movie where we kill our main character <laughs> like I'm, what you just said makes no uh marketing financial logical putting out a movie sense if you're if you're saying that Oh, oh wow, all of these fans came out and we could have had 500 people in the theater but we only had space for 100 and so they decided to put a movie out and that movie was the one that like now people are like, oh, Tremors is gone now. Like, it is so hard for me that if people have seen Shrieker Island to be like, no, like guys, Tremors will die when we really want it to. Like, it, fucking ignore that. It's not, it's not the end and it doesn't have to be. And now I'm just like, why, why would they do that? I'm really, you don't have to answer. I'm really confused now. Just like, why would you see how much fans love something and then turn around to almost spit in our faces and be like, ha ha, that guy that you love so much is gone now. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think, uh, I don't know what the studio's logic was. Maybe it was like, well, let's crank out one more and, you know, get one more out of it. Or, Maybe it was, we're going to kind of reboot this thing. That I would have almost believed. Like that, if they had, oh, we watched all the fans come back. Let's, let's, uh, goodbye, Michael. You're not coming back for the other ones. Goodbye, Kevin. We're going to recast you with uh, a bunch of 20-year-olds or something like that. I, I really don't want to see, I don't want to see Tremors kids. Uh, as a kid that grew up with it, I don't want to see that. Um it would almost make more sense to reboot it. Now I'm, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know what their their thinking was at the time, but, you, you know, you can't, you can't, um, there's no standards there for what they can do. They, they're just going to try to create, you know, whatever they can make money out of. Well, that's, that's why, I, that's why I said something, is they, the, the reason the, uh, that they said that they wanted to do the ending was they wanted to hurt fans, like that they thought it would have that emotional punch. So I'm just trying, like, I'm, man, I'm gonna, I got some things to think about now. Man, that's, because th then at the same, like, 
Because the reboot thing, because it's like you're doing the Kevin Bacon thing at the same time. 2020 and 2018 is only two years apart. And Kevin still wants to do the reboot. Like, I am hella confused, Glenn. Wow, you just... It is confusing. Yeah. You just put me on a spit. The like idea that... is still very much alive. I think that the question mark is what do you do next with it? Do you reboot? Do you do another sequel where you kind of dance around, you know, the Burt story? Which, you, of course, it's Hollywood. Of course you can do that. Yeah. You can say, well, it looked like he was killed, but he really wasn't. Oh, Mike, Michael's already done that, too, where it's like where the, the alternate ending of, oh, you guys really think I would be dead? You think, I, like, that's going to kill me? Come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that would be a, a typical Burt joke to pull it would be a dark joke is like oh i fooled you yeah. <laughs> cuz i don't like you and i want to get away from you if if i had any plans to continue doing it it would be that where it's like oh no bert faked his death for a reason and is such a cold-hearted person that he didn't truly think about the consequences of how his family and friends would feel about him doing that like he just i just didn't want to deal with anything anymore well you kind of told us bert <laughs> We love you, man. <laughs> yeah, so you can do it that way, or you could just do like uh, uh, Star Wars did, is you do a story earlier in the timeline. That's truly, uh, that's one that I always go back to with Tremors 4, where it's like, man, you you put such a good template for, hey, let's take an actor that we know from the series, and let's put some makeup and effects on them, and now they're a whole new different person, and they get to act as their ancestor, be a different person, and it still has that Tremors connection for those of us that need to see people that are familiar, but also gets to be new at the same time. That's why I love 4, is Hiram is head and shoulders different from Bert, and it, Michael gets a real chance to spread his right. acting wings and, and fly. And yeah, he loved that character because it just showed his range of what he could do but it also laid the seed for what you know Bert would become yeah you can see that at the end yeah you one should of my yeah. ideas that I shared with Brent at some point this year maybe was it would be interesting to do a Bert Gummer origin story where did this guy come from you know go back to the 60s and the 70s and how did he end up in perfection? Even, even without What's the graboids, like uh, you're actually pitching. My wife Caitlin has an episode that she would love to write, where it's like, let's from Burt Gummer's POV. Let's see how he got here to this point in time. Even without the graboids, there probably wouldn't be any monsters in the feature. But just like, let's have a, a little bit of a character but, but moment. Have something else that yeah. he encountered that he had to battle. Actually, ooh. Yeah. Ooh! Another thing. Ooh! You know, that gave him this kind of expertise. Oh, and that's what made him paranoid and want to actually make the guns right. and everything. He's paranoid. Oh, Glenn! Build a bunker. Oh, so Glenn, Glenn! Glenn's like a rocket. He's off here, guys. That one's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. I mean, it would be kind of a period piece because you'd have to go back in time a little, but not that far, really. Oh, do it. You know, 60s, 70s. is in real time, so that's 1990. So maybe if you go back a decade earlier or two, decade or two earlier, maybe where he meets Heather, um, they buy the 
the land out in Lone Pine, or did they buy the land? Maybe they inherited it. I always assume they inherited it. That's four for you. That's uh, <laughs> right. Like, put the pieces together. People are like, but why did Bert say that he chose this place because of geographic isolation? You you don't move back to places where your family's from, folks. Like everybody does that. Like that's a uh, how you right. were you were kind of talking about it. Like moving around everywhere, going back to family. It's the thing we all do. Right. Could have been gifted to him in somebody's will. Yeah, that we've got you know twenty acres out in the desert. You want it? Sure. <laughs> I've actually always had the. So they they weren't allowed to tell anybody about the graboids, but that doesn't mean that Hiram couldn't have wrote a journal that had a little bit of. Oh, on this day we were doing this in the graboids, and we should never tell about it. And then hid the journal, but oh, it was in the estate sale, and that's actually what Bert read one time. And oh, that's. I mean, maybe my grandpa was crazy, but maybe he wasn't, you know, one of those things. Yeah, it could have been family folklore. Yeah. It been passed down, and everybody thought, well, they were a little crazy because they drank a lot, and they were making up stories, but maybe they weren't making up stories. <laughs> maybe it was true. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'm in. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to do one second here. I got I to gotta save that file, and I'm going to keep recording here. My... My thing only goes for a little bit, so I just gotta. And we're back. Um, thank you for your patience. I got some props. I thought you might find interesting. Yeah, hell yeah, man. This is interactive, oh, man. Sure. If you got any questions for me, make sure you fire them back. <laughs> I'm opening you up like a book. It goes both ways. <gasps> oh, you might recognize. Oh, where? No, Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, oh. This is Bert Gummer's hat from Tremors 2. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the after they finished shooting the movie, Steve gave this to me, um, and I put it in a box and forgot about it for 20 years. <laughs> and my brother, who had it in his attic, said, "I got to get rid of this box." And I go, "What's in it?" <laughs> <laughs> Bert Gummer's uh, hat from 20 years ago. Screen-used props is what's in it. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Michael to sign it so it, you know, it has some value. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, auction it off or That's something. a huge one. Uh, so as a fan. And then I've got, I probably showed this T-shirt on the uh, group, the Facebook. Oh, no, no, I haven't. I have not seen that one. Have you seen this T-shirt? Tremors. This is the uh, the TV show T-shirt. Oh, oh no, I've never seen that. Then, oh no way, it's got sh graboid streakers and ass blasters on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this, they made this at the studio where they shot it down in Mexico. Oh, Tremors the series. Oh, nice. And they sold it there, and then when the show was canceled. They put these on a clearance sale, <laughs> and stupid me, I bought one no. by the thirty that they had. Oh. I didn't, I didn't uh, think. Uh, it's okay. And now it's a collector's item because they didn't, they didn't make any more. No, oh, I, uh, trying to find Tremors the series merch is really hard. That, uh, that, um, the survival guide to perfection. I'm always looking for that one. The, yeah, they, they came out with that to promote it. Yeah, which is, I, that's a brilliant piece of promotional uh, material. Um, oh, man, this is good. Uh, so 
what do you think of Tremors? Like, uh, like what is... You obviously have a, a, a stronger connection to it than most people. What is it to you? What is What does that define it for us? Well, I think uh, for film buffs, people, you know, who've been watching movies for a lot of years, um, they find it special because it's it's paying tribute to those monster movies that a lot of people grew up with from the 50s and the 60s which were kind of corny and low budget but fun and and you know it, it they weren't blowing up the world it wasn't the end of the world it was just a small group of people having a challenge oh. and there's something endearing in that and so i think that's the charm of tremors is that you, it's the classic um, Hollywood story that you, you have a small group of people facing adversity and they have to come together or it's going to wipe them out. And so it's not so much about the monster, although it's fun, but it's about this group of people and can they overcome this challenge when there's nobody around to help them? It's They're on their own. <laughs> and so I think people gravitate to those kind of stories. So that's what appeals to it about. It always reminds me of like what would it be like if you got into a monster mess with your family? That's always my like those those towns right, and those you're people. On a family vacation. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're cut off and your cell phones don't work. What are you gonna do? Actually, I'm gonna write that idea down. A family is on a vacation and the graboids attack. Uh, that's that's actually a really good one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like agreeing with you because it seems like I'm kissing your ass. But, yeah, that's that family aspect is kind of huge about it. And on that note, so everybody talks about that with Tremors behind the scenes. What's that family like to you? Is that is what we're feeling in terms of the on-screen family the same thing that's happening with you guys as a family behind the cameras? I think so, yeah, because a lot of the people, uh, the cast and the crew, uh, stayed in touch for years and many of them came back for the different projects and so there's a, a certain bonding that you have with a franchise that you don't get with a one-time film you know when you keep bringing back you know the, the writers and the crew and the different actors um it becomes a lifetime project you know it's not just a one-time thing that you did and proud of it but you moved on it's something that now kind of defines your career and it's that way for people who worked on it not just the actors but you know the cinematographers sound guys and who do the music it becomes a defining um you know lifelong event when you're involved in a franchise and so i think that's one of the reasons are so attached to it and get so sensitive about screwing up the franchise <laughs> because you know it's we've been we've been together this family for 30 years you know don't mess with my family yeah. it's I, I I grew up with the you know tremors one through four in the TV show and that is exactly my that's my sentiment it's like God. You just took my friends out back and you beat them up in front of me. And I just, it really makes me sad. I, I, that's where I get really angry with this tremor stuff sometimes. I don't know. I don't know you as Glenn. I don't know Brent. I don't know Steve 
personally, but I get so angry for you guys. Just like get so like, who would do that to you? Who would who would allow that kind of thing to happen? Uh, and yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's easy to get jaded with the business because they don't they don't treat you kindly. You know, you're you're a property they're trying to make money off of, and every few years the people who run the show change. And so they don't know what went on before. They don't know the relationships you built up. They're just looking at it, you know, on a, on a spreadsheet saying, Oh, can we get a little more money out of this thing? Dollars <laughs> and sensing kind of it. Attitude. But on the same hand, if you want to stay in the game, you sort of have to play by their rules as uncomfortable as it may be. You know, and so my attitude is try to stay in the game. You know, maybe we could make something good even by their rules and their parameters because, you know, I'm not independently wealthy. I can't finance the film. <laughs> so somebody bigger than me is going to have to pay for it. So, you know, there's going to have to be compromises if you want to stay in. Or you can just say, no, no, you know, artistic integrity, I'm going to walk away. Well, okay, then your is over. So, are you happier? <laughs> yeah. You can build something on your own, or you can play with other people. And even till this day, with as much as uh, Universal's done to Tremors, I'm still always trying to message them to be like, can you guys, pl like, do you not see how much everybody loves this? Can we please, can you, met can you email them? Here's their email. Can you guys get together? I know you don't like them, or maybe you, they, they don't like you, but please, please. I know it'll probably never happen, because like you said, it's a... Uh... Well, yeah, I think one of the things that gave me hope, and you probably saw this, was the, uh, the yeah. Arrow video. Yeah. DVD. Oh, that thing is awesome. Right. It was really well done, and it was endorsed and supported by Universal Studios, they got behind it, and so that gave me a little hope that, okay, because it, they didn't just re-release the original film in 4K high def, is they put an additional that, uh, DVD. That special features disc. Stuff and interviews. Whoo! There's a they ton. They have to include that stuff. No! They did. Those, um... Making perfection documentary, uh, the interviews with Steve and Nancy and Brent and Alec, uh, yeah. uh, Alexander Guhinsky, uh, Ellen Collette, uh, Ernest, uh, uh, Robert Folk and Ernest Truce, where you're just like, holy freaking wow, this is that that disc is amazing. Like, I'm always, I wish I had yeah, a bit. There's a ton of in there, and some of it got put on uh, YouTube so people can see it there, but if you buy the package, you know, you get the DVD with all of that extra stuff. And so that was a nice kind of um, tribute to Tremors uh, that's done for the 30th anniversary. And I think it kind of broadened the minds of some of the, you know, the business people that, uh, you know, there's more life in this and they appreciate the quality of what was originally produced. So that gives me hope. <laughs> Maybe it's foolish. But no, you know, you're kind of you're giving me a little hope too, Glenn, which I could sorely use as I'm doing all this. Because, uh, yeah, that, yeah, to have all those extra features and reach out of it. I'm actually going to 
go out on a limb here and assume that John, Jonathan Melville, had a, a big part of maybe pushing that. Uh, I've, I've, in watching those special features, his name pops up a lot. And I know that Arrow is a UK company, and I know uh, Matt. Uh, the guy directing the, the, the special features is from the UK, too. So maybe that's a level of, like, they see Jonathan Melville doing this wonderful book over here. And, like, hey, let's kind of... Because there is... This is a, a freaking plethora, man. I mean, I know you know, too, but it's just, like... Dude, there's... It's not one, just Tremors. There's everything. things that he did, and, and you know this, too, is he did a, an episode guide in there for the yeah. TV show. And I tell everybody who's watching the TV show, if they get that DVD, which I have right here. Yeah. TV show. DVD. In the right order. <laughs> yeah. You put the episodes on the outside. Oh, I, was, I was like, why is mine? Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> no. So he did a great guide to that. I say the show's a lot more fun to watch if you read his little story yeah. about that episode before you watch it because then you're looking for different things and you understand where it fits in the story and it makes it a lot more interesting because he's telling you where they filmed it and what happened and which guest stars are on that episode and then so you're looking for it when you watch it it makes it a lot more fun no piece of information is too small like it's all it's all in there uh, right and some of those actors that were in it went on to become very successful TV actor. Michael Rooker is in an episode of freaking Tremors, the series. I always freak out about that, where I'm just like, oh, damn. Well, and he was a character actor, too, at that time, so it makes sense that he was at, yeah. doing that, but you're just like, whoa. Whoa, okay. Holy, okay. So look where we go Dean here. Norris, you know, from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually kind of forget Dean Norris, because he's so ubiquitous to me in that sense. Like, he's... He's Hank, and right. he's Twitchell. Like, that's my two... We're talking about people as references, and that's his. That's who he is in my mind. Right, and what's interesting is his character on the TV series is not that different from his character no. in Breaking Bad. You know, he's an agent, I, and same attitude. I actually have to Very wonder similar. sometimes... So obviously saw him perform that. That's what I, I think. I'm always like, did Vince Gilligan like Tremors the series? And, uh... Because Albuquerque and Mexico are halfway similar to each other, so it's like, did did they did Vince right. did Vince watch Tremors the series and be like, oh, I need that guy right there. <laughs> yeah, give me Twitchell. Right, he obviously had seen that character and said, okay, that's what we need you to do. Yeah. in this new show. And just do, well, and Hank is a little harder. There's a there's a definite roughness to Hank versus Twitchell there or whatever. But yeah, I've always yeah. seen those similarities. So Vince Gilligan, if you're listening, tell us what happened there. We'd love to know. <laughs> uh, wow! Oh man, this is this is awesome. Glad I can't keep saying that enough. But you're just you're just a wealth of everything. Um, Did I answer the good questions? Uh, like I said, I've got more questions about you later too. So we'll get there. Um, we kind of talked about its legacy. Uh, I, this is, you can hate me for this. What do you think of Tremors fans? I'm always, and I know there's people like me, so you can 
be as critical as possible. I don't mind. Uh, but, the, I mean, Tremors fans are both loving and weird at the same time. I'm always trying to figure them out because I'm interacting with them more and more all the time. They're simultaneously, well, like, the smartest people around that also just love doing the dumbest things. And I don't mean that, like, they're stupid, but just, like, oh, yeah, I'm a genius, but I'm also going to go out there and just be kind of nuts about it at the same time. Like, what do you think of Tremors fans? What do you think of us? <laughs> What's so great about it is it's global, and so you have this incredibly wide variety of fans from all over the. I mean, we got fans in Australia and England and uh, Europe, Germany, in South America, Germany, Japan. Uh, the people I have a a huge section of the people that listen to this podcast are from Russia and Italy. Like that's yeah. some of my biggest numbers. I'm always like, okay. And so there's different things that they like about it, you know, that may not be the same things I like about it or, or you like about it, but they pick out different things. And a lot of people's experience was as a kid, you know, they were eight years old or 10 years old. And so that's a whole different perspective than uh, as an adult, you know, as an adult, I'm appreciating the characters in the town and how they interact. But as a kid, I want to see, Where's the monster? You know? <laughs> I want to see someone get eaten. Oh, no, I'm scared that they got eaten. <laughs> Is he going to eat my car? And uh, oh, I had an interesting story I wanted to tell you that when I was on the set of the original Tremors, you know, after they shoot each day, that night they'll show you the dailies. And the dailies are the footage that they shot the previous day, just so the the director and the... So you can see what the, happened producers can see how it looks what they're shooting and so they were going to shoot this scene with Nestor falling off of the top of his trailer and they were trying to figure out when he falls off the trailer how does he get eaten and so they had him fall on the ground and I suggested they have these big truck tires why doesn't Nestor get on a tire and think that he's safe, and then the grab boy pulls him down. Through oh, the that's you! Fire. Oh, wow! And that's what they used in the movie. Oh, wow! That that little clip has horrified me ever since I was a minor, kid. But no, no, I well, was I, there that day that they shot it. You're gonna. When he, when he gets eaten through the tire. You're gonna. Love this. This is how much of an effect you've had, even though you have no idea about it. Uh, I first watched uh, Tremors 2 when I was a kid. That was the first one I came to, and I was going to explain to you uh, trailers before VHS DVDs, but you're old enough to know what I'm talking about. Uh, and they would show Tremors uh, on the on a VHS before Tremors 2, and I was under the complete impression that Tremors was a movie that hadn't come out yet. That Tremors 2 Aftershocks was just the name of the first one, and they were being artsy by, ooh, there's Tremors until there's Aftershocks, and I just hadn't seen Tremors yet. But that they have the scene in the trailer with Nestor in the tire, and and yeah. you get to watch him go down in the trailer, and that always scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Just the, the person into a tire, just boom, right down. So, good job. <laughs> like you, it, I was I was afraid to watch the the original Tremors movie because of that tire scene. So, 
Yeah. You did good there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I thought the scariest scene in the movie was when uh, it ate the car. That, it, yeah. Car went yeah. down. I was like, ooh, that's that's not a Disney movie. When I, when I watched it, watched it the that's first time, really <laughs> Jim going down will forever affect me. I, you know, I ended up watching the tire and it was sad in real life, but... Jim going down into the dirt has always forever been like, I don't want to get eaten by a graboid, ever. I think it was at night. That yeah. Made it even scarier. Yeah, it's the only nighttime They're scene just too. Out there at night, they're all alone, yep. and it doesn't go well for them. Yeah. And it's and, and what was funny was at the reunion, I met Jim at the reunion. The Conrad Bachman, yep. Jim, Conrad and. Uh, he loved it. Yeah. He wanted to be in more, but he was. <laughs> I was, was, I was listening to that. He was talking about that cute. I wish I hadn't died. Ah. But well, that's what Tremors Four is great for. We could have got him back in some way. We just gotta put a mustache on him or cut his hair a little bit, put a wig on him. We could have got him back. Heck, actually, there's already we've done that enough times. Uh, there's the uh, the the road worker that's in Tremors Three, and then I know. Right. Uh, Steve cast his son uh, Matt in Tremors three and Tremors four, so then we've already got right. some circularness here happening. Conrad Bachman, right. it's not over yet, old, man. We can a, get you uh, in. <laughs> I think an old Fred. Yeah. In Tremors four. Uh, same was, guy. Because there was an old Fred in the original. Yep. And there was an old Fred in Tremors four. We so can do it. a lot of those. The, there's a Dr. Jim in uh, in 1789 that had to fight Graboids. So, or Dr. James, yeah. not Dr. J, Dr. James. I'm, I'd buy it. I'm in. Uh, yeah, this is. So, what's your favorite Tremors movie? Uh, well, the original is my favorite yeah. because it just kind of started it all. But um, I really liked Tremors three. Uh, not just because my brother directed it. <laughs> it's okay. But because the original idea was that was the final chapter. They wrote three to be to close the, the end of a trilogy. Yep. And so that was going to wrap it up, and they weren't going to make any more. It was the studio that begged them to make a four. Yeah. And then the studio begged them to make a five. Yeah which they wrote the script for, and then the studio said, oh, we don't have any more money. We'll put your script on the shelf. And then, well, uh, what was it, seven years ten, later? Ten they years. They it off. Yeah, I still have, man. I yeah. But they didn't want to. They wanted to wrap it up at three, and then they were going to go move on and do other stuff. So I thought that that's why I was attached to three, because it kind of ended. And... They killed Miguel, yeah. a very popular character, in 3. And the only reason that he died in 3 was because that was the final movie. Yep. They never would have killed him if they knew they were going to make more. Talking about actors wanting to come back, that was one I read in the book. Tony Gennaro was like, you know, I could come back. Like, I could be another guy in the TV show. You know, like, there's, I, I didn't know yeah. we were doing it. It just takes a smart mind to write it. That's really what it's about. Uh <laughs> Right, so it was amazing that, you know, it, the intent was to end at three, and they were still able to come up with ideas to make more. And just keep going. I the original idea for five 
was really interesting. I read that script, which was uh, Gummer Down Under. Gummer Down Under. Brent has it in his office, and that was the original five script, not the one that ended up on the film. But it was in Australia, they said it. And it was really interesting, and uh, there was a lot of humor in it, and, you know, a lot of that, you know, Australian humor, <laughs> and Bert's out there with the, you know, the Outback guys and, and Jeeps. Uh, and so it was going to be a lot of fun. It was going to be a fun movie, um, but it didn't happen. So we ended up with the, the South African story, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> it's... I have that. I go back and forth with fans because I'm I I try to promote Tremors as much as, po as possible, and you know I don't want to tell people because people put effort into five, six, and seven. I don't want to completely be like just don't you know hate that without any consequence because you know people try it or whatever. But at the same time, there is that sorely lacking like Brent and Steve is really what it is. I, I can't put my finger on it any better than that to just say that the family is like, actually that's not just Brent and Steve. The familyness is lacking of it, which is hilarious because five is about Bert meeting another part of his family, but it's weirdly enough. Yeah. It feels less family ish. And that's no hate on Jamie Kennedy or anything like that. I know people like to do that, but it just doesn't, doesn't sit right. And I, I really do try to love those movies, but I just cannot do it. I did. I s yeah, I just i I like that they found a way to keep it alive, but just remind fans that that's a separate kind of mm -hmm. universe. You have the original universe, and then this is a, a new thing. The last three movies. It's a continuation, so just enjoy but it for what it is, it splits. It's definitely yeah. different. Uh, yeah, uh, and you just reminded me too of that thing with the fans, and then. Oh yeah, we we our fans are out here like crazy. Let's kill our favorite character. I'm having a real hard time putting putting two together. It's getting I'm getting five and seven every time I do it. I'm just it's not working. Uh, <laughs> you're already giving me some onset stories and stuff. Uh, what is your favorite moment in the franchise? Like if you were gonna pick one out, if you wanted to show one person. 30 seconds, a minute, uh, five minutes of Tremors. What's that one thing that speaks to you? Um, I would say it's um, in the original film when they're pole vaulting on the rocks. I think that kind of encapsulates the fun and the danger of the whole franchise because those are fun scenes you know you're pole vaulting you know kids love that stuff and you know you're trying to avoid the graboids so it, it has that balance and there's lots of humor there there's lots of jokes you know pardon my french and all of this stuff <laughs> tammy lynn baxter she know how to pole vault <laughs> all in the, in that scene you've got the the monsters are there You've got the humor, you've got the fun of the movie, you've got the beauty of the landscape Holy in the background and the great cinematography. And so if, if you just wanted to show somebody one snapshot of what makes this special, that would be it. All right. I may have to make some videos with that as a snapshot. It sounds like it would make a good TikToker. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that,
what character speaks the most to you out of everybody you got? Which oh, actually, no, we already answered that. It's Melvin. Yeah, I, I always felt Melvin yeah. was misunderstood, and yeah. so I kind of rooted for him, and I wanted more out of him because I kind of identified with him because he was about the same age as yeah. me, and so that that was the guy I was rooting for. You know, it's like, where are his parents? Why is he all alone? <laughs> does he have any friends? <laughs> oh, does he have any friends? Oh, whoa. Oh, I always think about his parents. Oh, no. Yeah. There's a grand total of one other kid in that town. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you know they didn't hang out together. No, they didn't. Those two, I, no I, can't even, I can't even think of Mindy and Melvin hanging out together. Oh, wow. Right. He just Couldn't made each other. He just so made each who does he hang out with? Who are his friends? What does he do for fun? You know, that was how I related to him. So I, I rooted for him. Ooh, wow, good answer. Wow, okay. Um, do you got? You know, he actually was sharing some onset stories. He got it. I mean, I don't. I don't like to pry. I, it always feels really weird on that. Because when you're when you're making a movie, it's not private or whatever. But you all have your moments and stuff, uh, like. What's an onset story that you don't think anybody else has heard that you find funny and people should know about? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably uh, Tremors 3, when I was on that set, um, they had to come up with so many shortcuts because they had very limited time. The budget was tight. And so they only had whatever it was, 14 days to shoot or something. So watching them create all these situations where you would save time and they would shoot a scene. And, um, and most of it is at night. If uh, You probably don't realize yeah. this when you watch Tremors 3, but more than 50% of the movie is at night, yeah. is in the dark. And that was done deliberately because they were running out of time they were running out of daylight <laughs> so you know oh it's seven o'clock keep shooting you know. i've always wondered that because uh that junkyard scene like it goes from it looks like about three in the afternoon to about eight o'clock at night in the space of about five minutes so it's just, okay yeah connect together a lot of things and what was interesting was at, at the end of some days Brent hadn't got to a scene he wanted to shoot and there was no time to shoot it because the next day he had a full slate of scenes he had to do mm -hmm. so he had a scene in his mind I want this in the movie I don't have any time to do it so how do I tell the same story that I wanted to tell and I can't shoot that scene. Oh, man. It was piecing together oh. all difference. So it was frustrating. And they also had a water truck I found fascinating. I don't know why I found it fascinating. On the set, they had a huge anchor truck with a massive fire hose. And because you're out in the desert, and, you know, when the wind blows, it kicks up this sand. Oh. And it ruins your cameras. Ruins the scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they would cut the scene. They would cut water truck comes in sprays everything with water and then as soon as it settles down 
Roll. <laughs> so if I look carefully, if you look no, carefully, podcast on it, you'll be able to see wet growl. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. You got a new reason to watch Tremors three. All right. Yeah, it was fascinating to me. The whole process of, of making the movie is fascinating because there's all these shortcuts and you're running out of time and the sun's going down and we got to get <laughs> it's, it's amazing weird. to watch them piece it together. It's so weird that you say that too because then the. Oh, they wanted Tremors three to be the last one. Why are you? Why is the studio trying to rush it? Like well, that makes no sense to like. You were trying to end it. Give it the time that it needs. <laughs> that makes no sense. I'm sorry. I, can't, I don't mean to keep saying that, but it's just. <laughs> I can't imagine how frustrating that would be to actually be on set, direct it. I feel bad for Brent. I'd love to know what that scene was that he, he was trying to piece together because now I need to, like, did he do it? I'll did try to remember what it was. No, yeah. if you do, let me know because I'd love to. Did he accomplish it? I wonder. I hope he did. I actually, I assume he did. Uh, as, Tremors 3 has always been that, like, I know that there's something about that movie that I don't understand and I'm missing, and I'll figure it out one day. I, I don't know what it is. The big thing that, the big thing that bugged him uh, with the final product of that movie was not the story. It was just kind of the awkward CGI uh. because at that point, CGI wasn't very refined and developed. Today you see CGI and it's like, wow, that's impressive. It wasn't impressive in 2001. Yeah. It looked really homemade and that made it kind of, this looks a little hokey. Even though there's telling a cool story, he thought that was distracting. Yeah. But what can you do? You didn't have the budget for the practical effects. So that was the trade-off that was kind of uncomfortable. I'm actually always about. waiting, uh, since Arrow did that 4K, I'm like, I've actually told them this too. Hey, guys, you know, if you want, you should get together with Universal and those people sometime and update the CGI in Tremors 2 and 3 because it would instantly take away all of the haters of those movies. That is the only thing that I really right. see people... That's the number one complaint. Poo poo on is, is this? Why doesn't it look like the original film? Mm -hmm. well, uh, they had fifteen million more dollars. Yeah, that's why they had fifteen more million dollars and about twenty, forty more days to shoot. Like it was way, way yeah. different. Uh, and yeah, I would love to. If you're gonna George Lucas something, that would be a great one to update. Because I even. I don't mind the CGI in three. There's a there's El Blanco is a little weird, but the Ath Blasters are flying creatures, so I kind of yeah. I give it a pass. It's gonna have to be a CGI creature. The one that I get iffy about is Tremors two. There's some there is some real like '90s level CGI, which I always find funny because it's by Phil Tippett. And you're like, oh, like he went on to do such great works. I bet he looks back. I bet him and Alec and Tom all look back at Tremors two, just like. Damn it, man! We we could fix that just a little bit if we had if we had the money and the time. Right, because you look at it from today's technology. You know, if I had what I had today, oh. that would have looked really cool back then. <laughs> we can literally edit those shriekers out and put new shriekers in. That's how far the technology has gone. Yeah, it was interesting with the shriekers is because some of the scenes, and maybe I'm thinking of the TV series too. I thought the Shriekers looked really cool. You might but be thinking... It sort of depended on which scene. The if TV show does a... Fake, or if they look 
real. The TV show does a really great job, I, I think. Uh, they do have CGI in it, but it's actually really well done CGI. But it's about 90% puppets with those Shriekers. Actually, Night of the Shriekers is one of my favorite episodes because they use yeah. the hell out of those puppets. And it, it's even great, too, because you can see the workaround with the the Shriekers. That you only see their beaks as they're coming through the floor or whatever. You're like, oh. That's because there's literally a guy up there operating it like this, and they're they're just cutting it out so we couldn't see it. And just, it's it's very smartly like done when done when done properly, and you know what you're doing. Um, yeah, I love Shriek. Yeah, so uh, there's there's some actually that cage scene in two is great. They they, and it's only took me like a couple months ago when I finally realized. Oh wait, they just they you just built a bigger cage. That's not. You didn't make a, a tiny shrieker. You just built a bigger cage and then put, you know, put perspective on it. Like, oh, damn, those little things that you don't even think about. Just like that's that was hella smart. All right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. If you visit the uh, museum in Lone Pine, I think they have two or three of the original shriekers. They do. Yes, they do. And you see how big they are. <laughs> yeah. They still hold up too. There's a little. Heavy. Uh, flakiness on the on the rubber or whatever, but those things still hold up to this day. I'm always kind of, I'm incredibly surprised by that. It's like, all right, so like, why aren't we just reusing these over and over again? Like, why don't we make a really good puppet and just save the money and just reuse it over and over and over again? Uh, so this is one I, I love doing this one for the fans. What do you think of the name Ass Blasters? I thought it was goofy, but. I think maybe that was the point is, you know, you had, you had to have a progression because each movie was a different progression. That was the idea. And I think the thinking was, this is the final movie. So let's just have a funny joke to say goodbye. And that was ass blaster. <laughs> but I think if they had to do it again, knowing it was going to continue, then it would have been something else. Huh. Okay. I always find it funny because when I came to that movie as a kid, it was so cool to be like, oh, I get to say Ass Blaster now. And then I get to point to this movie and be like, it's an official title. I'm not swearing, Mom and Dad. Uh, I'm talking about the Ass Blaster from Tremors 3. It's a whole thing. Don't uh, don't be mad at me. <laughs> it is weird. I don't hate it. That's what I always have to ask. Um, you know what I liked about Tremors, whatever it was, the, the Arctic movie? What was that? A cold day in hell. Tremor six. Is is they had a scene? I think it was near the beginning where they're flying, and ass blasters attack the plane. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was a cool idea. Like actually swooping in and stuff, and like actually making them scary. Right. Uh, and the CGI looked pretty good yeah. because obviously it's a newer movie, so it looked decent. And I thought, okay, that's a cool idea. You know, birds flying in a plane. And there's ass blasters. We didn't think of that in Tremors three. <laughs> it wasn't that evolved. You didn't get to that so, point. That's the second season of the TV show. Uh, you would have got there. Uh, yeah, you could have gotten in, in the TV show. Actually, even saying that, it's like because uh, there's the episode where the hang glider gets eaten, and now I'm just imagining him just trying to kick it, and like you're flying on a hang glider trying to punch it, just coming at you. That would yeah. be good. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I'm going to get into what I think are the hard questions here. And uh, I'm taking a lot of your time, so uh, let me know whenever you feel like stopping. 
I've got a whole bunch out of you, so you've done so so great, man. Well, good. Yeah, I can take a few more. Um, this is one of my. Uh, I just have to ask this. Uh, what do you think happened to make Universal want to push out Stampede? I think it it was mostly new people at Universal who had not been around when the original people were working with Stampede. And so they didn't appreciate the value of that relationship. And also the mindset uh, going into five when they got pushed out was, we're in a mode now where we're just gonna make these super low budget direct-to-video films that will come out on DVD and go out on streaming and so it's about selling the name Tremors. It's not about the quality of the product. You can because put Tremors on an empty box and sell it. You can buy anything that has Tremors yeah. on it. You can put Tremors on an empty box and sell it. That's always the, right, the exactly. backhanded compliment, and, I see. And these were new people. They hadn't worked on the earlier films. They didn't have any relationship with Stampede. They, didn't, you know, they knew that, that Stampede had been involved but they didn't see the value of including them because their goal was simply to sell tremors. You know, let's put something in this box. Who cares how good it is? It'll sell because it's, it's got tremors. Yep. And those were the people making the decision at universal. So when Brent and Steve came along and said, well, we want control over who the director is and who's in the cast and we want certain standards for the budget so it can be quality. They said, budget? There's no budget. <laughs> There's no budget, we but we're going to go to South Africa. I still don't 100%. Why go to South Africa? On that, on that, why? Is it cheaper? Do you really think it's cheaper to film in South Africa? Even with taxes? Apparently it is. Yeah, I mean, A lot of movies go there and shoot. And uh, I didn't meet, mind them replacing uh, uh, Australia with South Africa. I thought that was an okay trade-off, <laughs> but they should have kept the same script <laughs> that the Stampede team wrote. Yeah. Uh, because that had a lot of humor in it, and it was funny. And when I watched Tremors 5, that it wasn't funny. No. I hardly ever laughed. Mm -mm. I said, where are the jokes? Yeah. It's so... They, <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. It's interesting. It was interesting. But it lost the charm and the balance of humor and horror that makes Tremors what it is. They took the plot, but they didn't take the heart, is what Because I've read right. those scripts, and it's... They have... The, there's some bare bones. It's, I would say it's about 50%. They took the skeleton of, of Stampedes and then... Yeah, like yeah, they took all the jokes out. Now that you actually, they took the jokes out, and they were like, "We can just have Jamie Kennedy improvise. We don't need to actually think about punchlines and setups and stuff like that." Because oh, there are no jokes. Like I'm, I was thinking about just not laughing, and there are truly there are references to movies. There are no jokes. Oh, yeah, wow! I mean, they attempted to have funny things. But it just falls flat. But you know, funny thing. But funny things are different funny. than joke. Like, and even what you were talking about, where what makes you laugh is the human foibles kind of thing. Like, there's none of that either. Too. Like, it's just 
it's just that that improv uh oh we can just make something up on the cuff kind of humor that I'm Yeah. Wow. I've watched those a bunch and you're just pointing something out to me that I completely missed, so I'm just like Wow, it is the it's the humor I get wow, okay. But I think what made it uh so challenging was apparently that film when it came out uh was successful by whatever standards direct to video is it made money for them so they said oh let's do another and let's do it the exact same way we did the last one because that made money (laughs) and then let's do another the same way because that made money and so that's what completely pushed out stampede because maybe if it had failed and the big complaint was it's not funny the script's no good and it failed then maybe they would have gone back and said, okay, you guys write us a new script. And they could have gotten back in. But because it was successful, (laughs) it shot them in the foot. I'm actually kind of hating myself because before I learned all this, I was one of those fans that was just happy to have new Tremors. And I have to fully admit that when I saw Tremors 5 first get announced, it was, oh, man, yes, awesome, greatness and then you know when i actually saw it it was like well i mean okay but i still bought it and watched it so i'm just kind of like damn how do we i know like yeah i've seen your i've seen i've seen your facebook post i'm just like how do we how do we stop that kind of thing that kind of makes me and i see it in the fans too and i'm always trying to just tell them like like we gotta we have to have standards i love turning your brain off for a movie but this is one that we we've all got to come together here and be like come on what we loved was the what we love about tremors is the great writing the great script the great characters all of that stuff and you can put tremors on an empty box and sell it but that doesn't mean that you should i i feel as a fan that personal responsibility because i did like i did like five six is kind of where it started to lose me and then yeah seven just makes me completely mad but it's like yeah that's they got me they got you and me man they got us with that and it's kind of if you're a fan and if you're watching this and you know, like, you should feel, I feel betrayed. There's a little bit of you're just like, man, okay, I can be twisted like that and spun around a little bit. It makes me, it makes me just a little sick of the whole. That's why I said that should Hollywood survive? If it's doing that kind of thing, should we really allow that to happen? Should we endorse it or should we shut that shit out and absolutely ignore it? And I think what's interesting. And I haven't done much study of this, but I want to is look at franchises from the past that were successful and then they kind of, you know, ran their course and people lost interest. Have they ever brought them back later on, you know, 10, 20 years down the road and been successful a second time? And it gives me hope that, you know, you can maybe it's a reboot. Maybe it's just something completely different. It doesn't have to be a reboot but you can revive it at a high quality yeah. instead of just churning out, you know, low budget stuff that isn't very creative. Like that, so, uh, I'm always so happy to see, uh, this is this is on Twitter especially, where you have uh, those incredibly famous influential people that are all talking about how much that first Tremors is an absolute masterclass in writing, and they just want, can we go back to that? 
And it's it's I feel that collective cry from everybody. Almost, it's almost like we're all hearkening. Can we go back to a reality, a practicality? That's that. Tremors was the last practical movie, and then we started to do CGI. I've seen it. It has almost become a symbol of like, can we go back to good movie making? Can we go back to that right. kind of thing? And I, and I love seeing it. Like I said, from, I don't mean to be like from famous people and like their opinion is more important more important but they're people in the industry is that, actually that's the better way to put it people that are actively making uh tv shows and movies right now uh one of the biggest blind spotting i don't know if you've ever seen it the tv show blind spotting or the movie uh but the writers actors directors showrunner absolutely love tremors it's a it's a whole show about black people living their lives that's dancing and stuff but the people behind the scenes love tremors and i'm just always like that's amazing to me like that it's this this artistic dancing uh ghetto thing happening but then the people making it are like tremors is my favorite movie of all time like you're like yeah okay i think they're appreciating great filmmaking yeah no that's why i say that that's it's it's why I love Tremors. It really just always brings me back to it. What what your brother and Steve and everybody, all of you, actually all of you guys did, even you with your coffee gophering, you really made yeah. made those special. We made them. It's good filmmaking. Evo, uh, Evo Cristante talks about that in the book where it made him believe that you can lead the filmmaking lifestyle and not have to sacrifice your morals to make it happen. And I have to right. say that that, it's why I, it's why I have all these notes and why I'm interviewing you and why I will do everything for Tremors and actually for Stampede Entertainment is your family. You are good people, truly well and deservedly, and everybody loves you. I don't know. That's it. That's all. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I don't you, think everybody loves you. I, I mean, it, I, I, it's so weird because people don't know. Like they. There's that section of the fans that don't really know who created it and stuff. Ron Underwood made Tremors. That's always I always have to be like, uh, right. I mean, Ron, Ron was the director, and they actually had to try really hard to get Ron in. Uh, let's. There's some other people over here you should know about too. And once they do, they're like, whoa, oh man, wait, Short Circuit, Battery's not included. Oh, man. like these are. I grew up heart and soul. Like I grew up with these things, and people are just wait. Why aren't we giving these people more money? Like these are all great things that I love. That like, it's not about uh, nostalgia and making you feel good, but they're they're heartwarming. They're comforts. They they're nice. I don't know. That's my best way to describe it. Uh, yeah, I mean, family friendly fare that you don't get a lot of. You know, they're trying to appeal these days to whatever the niche audience is that can bring in the most money. Yeah, but you don't a lot of these type of PG, PG-13 movies that parents are going to enjoy as much as their kids. I mean, there aren't a lot of films like that. No, no. Uh, okay, I got it. Okay, now we're going to we'll move out and we'll slowly start to fade off here. Uh, would Bert and Heather vote for Trump? <laughs> you, it's okay. That's my loaded question. I gotta know, man. Would Bert and Heather vote for Trump? Because I, I don't think so. But well, it's funny because you know I, I know there's lots of gun nuts out there that love Bert Gummer, but they don't really understand the character. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean to people sometimes, but I'm always trying to be like, guys, are we watching the same thing? Because 
That's, yeah, well, they see what they want to see. Yeah. That's it. You know, they're embracing that lifestyle that appeals to them. But uh, I, I don't see him voting for any politician. I mean, he has a disdain <laughs> for, for government, a disdain for authority, you know. So, you know, Bert's not voting for anybody. And he's especially not voting for anybody stupid. <laughs> That's my. I, I don't think he would vote for anybody either. That's always my biggest. Like, stop saying you would right. vote for fucking somebody. Like, you have to drag his ass to the voting poll in the first place to get it to happen. That's good. I'm glad. Right. If anything, he's a libertarian. He's saying, you know, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I want to live my own life. Don't bother me. Uh -huh. I've got my own standards. Third party. That's always been my. If he's gonna vote anything, he's he's pulling the third party ticket. Right. Uh, so and and I think Heather was in sync with him yeah. in that kind of thinking, and uh, you know I'm not quite sure why they broke up, but you know. Well, as we know now, it's World War Three. <laughs> the the yeah. irony of that is awesome. <laughs> Bert Gummer's dead. Well, World War Three. That was his explanation. You know, the divorced husband never has the true story. Uh, they make up a story makes it sound better the uh, the original script for two does a really good job with like you can sense heather's exasperation with bert uh there's a lot there's a lot of great lines from her where she's just like man bert come on like you're just leading like there's one where he's like oh I, I, you should all kill yourselves if things get crazy and she just takes him off to the side it's like bert you know you gotta stop recommending suicide as an option to people i'm just letting them know what's up well it's kind of weird, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it would be fun to bring her back, you know, if we, if we had another Bert story to bring her back. Maybe they don't get together, but she comes back in. Oh yeah. To help out with something. Oh, I don't think they could ever. I don't. <laughs> as much as I love uh, divorced couples getting back together, that's definitely not. I don't ever see that happening in any sense. She. She'd probably give him a dressing down and be like, you know, Bert, I loved you, but damn, man, you got real crazy on me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would you rather fight a Graboid, a Shrieker, or an Ass Blaster? Well, because I know so much about Graboids <laughs> and avoiding them that I think I would have the best odds. The Shriekers always scared me because they kind of just pop up <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> You know, they could be behind you. They could be in your car. It <laughs> scares me. They're everywhere. They I don't swarm. Know how to defend against that. And and the ass blasters. Um, I, I feel if you were in a strong enough building, <laughs> they wouldn't get you. Can't touch me. Um. <laughs> All right. As we're cycling down here, like I said, I want to come back to you a little bit. Um. What do you miss most about your mom and dad? Um, I think their sense of humor because uh, they love to laugh and they love to poke fun at things. And uh, so that was what I appreciated most growing up. And I can see that in my brothers. And that's where Brent gets his sense of humor for writing. Uh, it came from them. 
because they love to joke around. They love the great comedians, you know, of that era that they grew up in. And so uh, that's probably what I miss the most. You have a fabulous smile on your face right now that is telling me no on that on that too uh, but that you're you have this slight smile that i can almost see you thinking of some of the jokes uh that your mom and dad would do or whatever you uh, you're almost laugh i can see you laughing at whatever they've said to you in the past as you said that it was really very interesting right i love to laugh and and their attitude was you know don't take life too seriously. Yeah. Have some fun because, you know, what do you got to lose? Yeah. Uh, did Aiden like the Rolling Stones? There was an article about you guys oh, yeah. going to a Rolling Stones concert, and I had to find out if he enjoyed it. So <laughs> He did. That, that was what was funny was that was his first concert. First, you first know? concert. So kind of start at the top. Yeah, and, hell yeah. What it was, $150 <laughs> tickets or something. You only live once, man. I feel it. I can't tell you how much I need to go to a concert these days, and I can't. Or, or COVID has made it a lot harder, or whatever. We have a a barn. That's literally it's a barn. Our music venue is a barn uh, that gets oh. everybody, uh, like Counting Crows, Foo Fighters, Nathaniel Rateliff, Yola, in this barn in a little hollow. And I've always been missing it. So I had to I had to have a music question for you there, fun. Um, yeah, you need an outdoor uh, amphitheater or something, you yeah. know, festival or something. I, uh, now you're just making me miss music. Yes, I need something. I want to go to outdoor. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask this question so much. Uh, I noticed that you were uh, campaigning for Biden and Harris. Um, bro, what do you think of America these days, man? What are we... Are we... Fucked? Uh, can we get out of... I, I, hey, man, I come with the big hitting questions. Uh, I, I need to... I like to know about people. It's cool knowing the Tremor stuff or whatever, but to... A whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's an answer enough. Actually, that's a... I got enough from that. Cause I, uh, I'm very optimistic. I, I don't, you know... Oh, you're optimistic? issues, no question about it, but I'm optimistic. Oh. We always work our ways out of things. Oh, because I was really what I was like, are, are you afraid for the future? I'm younger, so I'm always just like, I haven't had kids yet. I'd love to have kids. I'm just always afraid for the future. And I just like to, I like to hear from people that are going through it that we're all, we can do this together. I'll get a little more optimism because yeah. of you. Thank you, Brett. Um, because <laughs> I literally wrote, can humanity come together for a greater good? That's why I, I love yeah. Tremors. Like, that's really like that. We're going to bring it back to a theme. Can we, if the if the Graboids are attacking us, if the invisible monster, that's a, probably a metaphor for something, um, it comes after us. Can we, can we do it? Yeah, I think that's a good lesson in, in Tremors and, and most of the other films and TV series kind of had that underlying theme is you've got all these completely different people from totally different backgrounds who come together and work together to help each other you know they're not in this to make money or to become famous they're in this to help their neighbors that maybe they don't even get along with i mean could nancy and bert be any different <laughs> i mean they're polar opposites and yet they're working together 
let's help each other, you know. So there's the lesson. Actually, I'd love to my if I ship a couple, I ship Nancy and Bert. It's always the weirdest thing because it's far left, far right meets far right they spend the night that's a line from five but i've always far left meets far right they spend the night it's like oh yeah that what we were talking about with steve and brent when you have the two two things that shouldn't work together peanut butter and jelly and you slap them together and you're like well we got a whole new sandwich here this is this is amazing right uh yeah you've made me more optimistic brent um so Uh, we're gonna we're gonna end on the. Uh, I, wh- hold on. Why were you at the White House? I actually had one last regular question. Why were you at the White House? <laughs> I don't mean. I'm sorry. That's a regular. Why were you at the White House? Well, I, I took a tour of the White House on one of my trips to Washington, and then there were a few other pictures where I visited presidential libraries, and one of the common things they have in each presidential library is they have a replica of the Oval Office, how it looked when that president was there. And they let you walk in and sit in the chair. You fooled me! You totally fooled me! (laughs) Damn it! Each president, each president had his own Oval Office with his, you know, his own chair. I never thought about it that. And they replicated it. I never thought about that. Oh my god, it totally would because yeah. they got different stuff. Oh, wow. Huh. The things- when I visit, I take a picture and I go, uh, look, look at me. Hey, <laughs> I'm the president now. <laughs> yeah, I'm the president. <laughs> All right, so I've got our, uh, let's call them our stereotypical ending questions. Uh, you've got one wish. What do you do with it? <laughs> Is it a long... No, no. I, well, I've got three of them, and they're they're about those. It's about character, like trying to figure out, you know, how how a person answers. But you have one wish. What do you What do you do with it? Um. One wish. What I would do it what would be to get my brother's next project produced. That's my one wish. Yeah, because he has a great project he's working Ooh, on. Do you want to tell us? But I, which can I can't you, tell you. Uh, <laughs> Is it the multiverse one? Is it the one without special effects? Uh, or is it the TV show with Ron? Blink twice. <laughs> no, I, I've, Steve's been talking a couple of ideas that I've, I've just. Would... Got to get somebody to produce it. Uh. And if they do, I think that will kind of revive the whole stampede momentum because it's a stampede project yeah uh that's actually i try to when i'm doing the tremors thing it's it's stampede entertainment that's the thing i love to push uh because it's what i want i was i actually just emailed steve today because i'm always freaking out that i can email steve uh and i was like i'm interviewing glenn and i'm just realizing i answer his emails eventually usually about two weeks later i i get it i'm a writer too i i i understand uh actually michelle told me that one of the first times i was talking to her she's like yeah like all great writers steve procrastinates so you kind of got to push him a little bit it was like that's fine i understand uh yeah but uh yeah i would love to i don't care what it is and you can tell brent this too because i know that the other fans feel the same whatever the hell it is i know we all want it we all want it doesn't have to be tremors because we all know the bullshit behind that but 
we want something that's that is that is them that is you guys i i want to say you guys too brent you may downplay whatever you're doing but you've been doing a lot behind the scenes i we want stampede entertainment to entertain us once again like that is the the call <laughs> right and they want to too which yeah. is the good news like that's they're I, not retired they nope. want to keep doing stuff <laughs> but they just have to figure out this hollywood business and who will finance what they wanted to do. I, 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 I got my, my people and my ideas. I'm not fully without connections. You know, I'll find a way. But, uh, yeah, uh, I just want it. I just... You're making me upset because I want to know what it is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I can't ask. I can't press any further. But what? What is it? Tell me. <laughs> just, um... So if you could time, if you could, damn it, damn it, man, if you could time travel to any point in time, forward, backward, uh, and let's call it location too, so that way you're not stuck in one spot, where do you go? Oh, gosh. Well, it'd be fun to go back in time, but what, what I'd love to do is go ahead in time further than you're actually going to live. You know, in the present time. <laughs> so you can sort of see what the future is that you're not going to have. Oh, oh. Oh, see, I was thinking. years in the future. Oh. I'm never going to get there. But I'd like to see it. So that would be fun. Just kind of walk around for a day. And find out what you'd end up missing when you die. That's, oh, that speaks so much to you, man. That's your living the life thing. That's what, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I want to I see what happens how do things turn out that's what i want i always think of going to the future as like oh trying to use that up there but it's like oh no you're gonna die one day go find out what that's like <laughs> yeah what am i gonna miss what, oh, a lot you know i'm always <laughs> live your life because you never know what you're gonna miss guys uh and then right. actually this is a great and this is my real final one immortality or all the superpowers you want Superpowers is a lot of responsibility. Oh! <laughs> I mean, I, I'd like immortality because I, I like to, to see how the story plays out. That's what you were saying. Like, you want to see the future. You want to know how it goes. Okay. Well, I asked that. As long that as somebody responsible has the superpowers, <laughs> just I'm a, okay with that. It's a lot of work. I always feel bad for Superman because, you know, he can save a train over here, but then that volcano blew up and killed the village over there. Yeah, he had tough decisions to make. Crushing dread. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, wow. Yeah, and yeah, man. Like that's. You got any questions for me? That's how I always like to end. Like, do you have any to fire back at me? I'm an open book too. Well, good. I'm. I'm very glad you're doing this, and I appreciate you connecting with me. All I would ask is, is what do you think? Uh, the best way to get the message out is is it obviously everybody's on social media so you can't avoid that but is that the most productive way to promote tremors and the different ideas fans have fans have tons of great ideas they write scripts they write stories they do drawings they create their own graboids it's like there's a whole network of artists out there who are writing and producing stuff Where's the best place to pull all that together? 
Uh, actually, I have been thinking about this, uh, and it's something that I've been trying to do behind the scenes. I don't necessarily uh, do it a lot in front of the scenes, but I, uh, I have been trying to bring together uh, those people to make creative things. I think, to answer your question, what is that thing that gets the message out there? I think it's funny videos. I think that what Zoran, Zoran Gavojic, uh, if you've watched the Tremors Kill Counts, yeah, I was surprised how many views that got. What that what he what they are, they might be transgender, I'm not 100% sure. What that person is doing and then being informative while also making it funny is it, that's what it is cuz I I have been I've been pumping this message out there for a year and people are listening and responding to it or whatever. But after the last kill count where it's literally Zorin being like, "Yeah, and Stampede got kicked out of Tremors 5, and now there's piss jokes all over the place, and that, that thing about, oh, Don Michael Paul had never watched a Tremors movie before, and then Michael Gross had to sit him down. That informative, while funny, is I, th I think that's that's how we do it. And it's actually why I do this podcast. It's my best way of, of doing it, uh, getting the information out of you, but we have a good time along the way. Yeah. Because uh, I... Fans are so... Universal has done such a good job with the marketing that you can't change fans' minds unless you have a, a physical video proof of something happening. You have to... And this is one I really... I, I want to dress up myself. I, if you saw my Burt Gummers when I was doing the other ones, I have a bunch right. of ideas for Burt Gummer PSAs where it's like, if I wanted to put an idea out there, this is how I'm going to do I'm going to do it as Burt because people will respond to the funny more than they will just the I'm telling you this is what's happening I, me personally I get more out of reading something I, I prefer to just go through and read something and research it all the way through but that is not the majority of the population and I, I really think funny funny creative videos all of our fan all of the fans doing anything that they can that is tremors related that gets people watching something is exactly it I, I don't think right. Universal talking about the fans. I don't think I think they truly underestimate it. I, that's why they killed off Burt Gummer is they saw well people love it. Let's like end it big, and completely missed what you were talking about, where fans are drawing and writing and every kind of. I am always floored. I love the Facebook group for just damn that person. That one's great. That's so cool. Just the output. Yeah, they're very talented. Yeah, and they obviously want more. You know, so that, they wouldn't produce all this stuff if they didn't want more. They would. They they want. They want more, and it's not tremors on an empty box. They want something that that feels good. So that's where I'm trying to do my absolute best. I have a I have a whole bunch of irons in the fire, uh, like that Rick and Morty thing, where it's like, hey Dan, can you make a little Rick and Morty promo? Put it in something. It gets people priming. It gets them thinking. Gets them talking about it. Uh, that's the point of the Tremor Saga TikTok. I can't believe that that thing. I, I don't. I barely understand TikTok like at all. But you go onto the the Tremor saga and they have a hashtag Stampede Tremors. Half a million, uh, a million and a half views right now on that hashtag. And it's like really? I've been trying to use that thing on Twitter and got nothing. But you go over here to TikTok and you add a couple of funny videos to it, and away we go. Like it's it's insane to me. I love it. So that's that's if we're gonna do something. That's my best guess. We got to make humorous videos that make light of the series while also informing people at the same time. That's my 
Tell Brent. Yeah, they did that. <laughs> I think it was on YouTube, and it was a few years ago, but they did that funny video with Melvin. Wait, the Sparta remix! The way to go, dudes! Yeah, I love that thing! Yeah, put that on TikTok. Yeah! How many views it get? I don't know how long it is, but... You know. Yeah, you can just cut it down. You know, everyone's right, got short attention. But, but okay. It's a fun, it will be funny, but also generate interest yeah. in the franchise. Uh, actually, Steve Lost Tapes are what... I, and I'm super surprised at this. That's what takes off the most on Tremors. Or on TikTok. Everybody loves Steve's Lost Tapes. And I'm just like, I thought you guys would find this boring. Like, he's just kind of just talking everything through it or whatever. But people on TikTok are like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. I love this. Like, Yeah, people love behind the scenes. How did you make that? Yeah. What's the trick you used to pull that off? People love that stuff. Someone pointed out that it's like, that those Lost Tapes are like having home video footage of Jurassic Park or Star Wars. And yeah. Like, to, like oh, George Lucas's mom was on set, you know, filming A New Hope with her VHS recorder. That's how, whoa. Because Tremors, as a as a practical movie, we all know it for those effects to really see. Damn, man. Holy. The hassle to get, actually, I always love the hassle to get the graboid up out of the ground. And then they only used <laughs> half a second of that take. Because <laughs> yeah, the, the, the styrofoam did something. Building this thing. Half, half a second. Half a second. Fascinating to me. So yeah, I mean that's that's been talking tremors. Like I said, Glenn, you got any anything, man? I I have opened you up and dissected you, man. Like this is got one final thing. You may have seen this, but Oop, I lost your video. <laughs> Oh, we lost the video? Oh, you'll come back. It's okay. It's all right. You'll come back eventually. Yeah. Ooh. There ooh, I know this one. <gasps> ah, beneath perfection. Ah. Ah, I want that jacket so bad. Ah. <laughs> this is the... Yeah. This is my webcam. I don't have it. Oh, no, you're good. I, anyway. I got it. I can still see it. So they gave that jacket to everybody on the cast and crew. And uh, what was funny, when we did the reunion, the 30th reunion, Kevin Bacon wore this jacket. Yeah. <laughs> he still has it, and it still fits. <laughs> he loves the name Beneath Perfection so much that he wrote a song with his brother about it. He said he wrote a song. Yeah, it's so, called Beneath yeah. Perfection. Right. Yeah, and I was, I'm was i always like, and he actually gives a, a preamble before the song where he's like, you know, they, uh, the original name of Tremors was Beneath Perfection. I always liked that name better, and so here, you know, here it is. Yeah, so that was, that was good, and I got that jacket from somebody who was on the crew. Well, never sell that one. Get rid of the Atlanta Hawks hat, but never sell that jacket. Because we'd all kill you for it. Oh, just, just so you know, everybody in the fan base would eat you alive to have that jacket. How many jackets are there? <laughs> Where are they? Who else has one? <laughs> Does there nobody care? There aren't any left. I mean, people over the years, people move and they give it away. Or, so, oh. so that's probably one of the few that's left. And Kevin's. <laughs> so if I go to a Goodwill store uh, around Lone Pine, I might be able to find a Beneath Perfection jacket that someone just gave away. All right. Yeah, Note that'd to, be funny. Note to sell. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Damn, I can't believe I got through everything. I really didn't think I would. Good, I'm glad you did. This was fun to do. This is really, I can't, I, can say, I can't tell you how nervous I was. I still am. But you are a really great person, Glenn. I, I want you to know that and come out of this and thank you. You may smile like you're like, I, I mean, really, am I? Yes, you are. You're a really cool dude. Uh, I can't wait to tell uh, Kevin Collins that it was you do. You, it was literally like talking to the other guy I just had on my podcast before this. Like it's you are a Tremors fan. Yeah, uh, you should the the a freeing frenzy one, the one that I put on Facebook. Because uh, yeah, it was you're you're a good person. You're a good person, and thank you. yeah, yeah. Thank you for being here. Uh, do you have? Actually, my thing, uh, do you have any thank yous that you want to get out to people? I I'll go through a whole thank you list or whatever here at the end, but do you have any thank yous for anybody in your life that you love? I want to thank my whole family for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, like I said, you were, you were plenty fascinating even without the Tremor stuff, man, so like... We could maybe we'll have a whole nother podcast. I mean, the more time goes by, the more stuff you have to talk about. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, uh, we could maybe get into another podcast about some of that other stuff later. I'd love to. I always love a good, yeah. a good politic. So, uh, if you would like to sign out, you may go ahead and do that. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm gonna do my thank yous. And man, I can't, I can't believe I got to talk to Glenn Maddock. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. I'm going to be coming down from this for weeks. So thank you so much, my man. Okay. You have a good one. You too, Glenn. All right. Thanks. Always welcome. All right. Wow. Wow, folks. Wow. That was one of the coolest things. Holy crap. We just did two and a half hours of talking tremors, um, and we did. We went. We got through everything. That was everything. I didn't think we'd actually get through everything. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I gotta thank everybody that makes this kind of thing possible. Um, all of the people, all of the greatness, all of the amazings. Uh, I gotta stop this over here real quick. But wow. Um, that was so cool. So cool. Thank you, first and foremost, to Glenn Maddock. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. Uh, damn, that, that was that was fantastic, man. I gotta get. I, I have a whole list of other questions for the next time that you come on the show. Uh, and you'll be like, "Damn, why does this person know so much about me?" Because of the internet. It's put it everywhere, everywhere. Uh, thank you. So thank you, Glenn. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you gotta thank Brent Maddock. Uh, if you're even listening, Brent, you're probably not. You have better things to do, uh, like writing whatever the heck that, uh, Glenn was telling us that you're writing. Write it! Write it! We'll find the producers! We'll make it happen! And on that note, thank you, Steve Wilson. We'll find producers! We will make it happen! We will make it! Uh, cause I want a Tucker's Monster movie! I want a Tucker's Monster TV show! Do you hear it, people? I want it. I want it now. Um, <laughs> thank you, Stampede Entertainment. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Nancy Roberts and Ron Underwood. Keep it going, guys. Just keep it going. We all love it. We all want more from you. Um, 
I know you know that. Uh, we'll pay you. We'll pay you. And on that flip side, thank you to uh, Michelle Wilson and Bob Wilson for all your behind-the-scenes love and stuff. Fan dabby dozy, you guys. Thank you to Kevin Collins uh, at Beetlebear on Twitter. Uh, probably the other fifty percent of whatever the hell we're doing here. Fantastic guy. Uh, couldn't couldn't do anything without you, Kevin. You really make 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 the tremors go round. Uh, thank you to Baby Fark McGeezex. Uh, excuse me, I gotta do that without burping. Thank you to Baby Fark McGeezex on Imgur. Uh, Baby Fark Imgur on Twitter. Uh, he doesn't have a real name. I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> great, great person. And Baby Fark, if you're listening, please get your ass on this podcast now. And thank you. We need your gifts. They have to be intergalactic quality. We love you. Uh, thank you to the Suns and Shadows crew. That would be Jeff Johnson, Kevin Smith, and Harley Smith. Uh, thank you guys. I'm always on the lookout for you. Keeping you in my hearts and my brains. Thank you to Jonathan Melville. If you haven't, go out and buy the Seeking Perfection Tremors Guide. Uh, 300 pages of fucking every damn thing that you need to know if it is even semi-related to Tremors. Semi. And then there's a bunch of filmmaking stuff you can learn about too. Go check it out, folks. Um... There's a bunch of great podcasts that have been doing Tremors stuff. Uh, we've been talking to uh, back and forth. Check these people out. Uh, we have the Rotten Treasures podcast. We have We Have Issues podcast. We have the Cult of Odd podcast. The Everything I Learned from Movies podcast. The Run for Your Lives podcast. The Measuring the Score podcast. The Sequel Rights podcast. The Everything Sequel podcast. The Hollywood Outsider podcast. And the No Gods, No Monsters podcast. Uh, thank you all for reaching out, doing what you do uh, at the Tremor Saga. We are truly trying to work with you, make things better, and you are a whole huge part of that. Um, thank you to Rattlecat, Rattlesire, Rodney Kerrigan. Uh, I know you probably haven't been listening to these lately, but you're a huge reason that this got started and is happening in the first place. So make sure you give yourself a pat on the back and tell yourself you love you. And as for patting yourselves on the back, telling people that they love them, here's a bunch of Twitter people that all need to tell themselves that they love them. Um, Bob Rushy, Alicia Pearson, Ashy Slassy, Cherry Droodles, Metal Rican, Jeff Magalichetti, and Trevor Thompson. And Joe Elroy Six, I think. I get that name right. Uh, and even Timothy L. Martin. I know you don't like the Tremors now, but all of you people on Twitter, on Discord, on Reddit, your pushback, your give, your take, everything goes into creating what we're making now. Uh, you may not think that you're doing anything. You are doing way more than you you could you could put into words. Really, I, I can't I can't begin to describe to you how helpful you are. Uh, there is a Call of Duty mod being run by Lojack at Lojack L O J A K K. Uh, it's on our Discord. It's on the Tremor Saga Discord. Go check that out. Uh, Lojack has his own Discord too, so go there if you need to. But there's a Call of Duty tournament. It's usually happening every month. Uh, check it out. 
there's a guy on Reddit that I got to give a, a, a shout out to. He's probably like, what the fuck? But he just started listening to this podcast and was actually giving feedback. Uh, Bam the Destroyer, Destructicus X, I think. Uh, thank you. Uh, for reaching out and talking back and forth. I can't wait to have you on uh, on the podcast as well. Uh, I hope you like what we've been doing. I hope it entertains you. Um, thank you to Octavio San Juan. Can't wait to have you on the podcast. Can't wait to read the Spanish version of the Tremors Guide. Uh, thank you to Gladys Jimenez. You're going to be on here soon, and I'm freaking out. Uh, although now that I've talked to Glenn, I'm a little less freaked out. And I won't have as many nerves as, as when I'm talking to you. So, I'll, uh, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, thank you to probably the other number one supporter of Tremors outside of me. Thank you to Zoran Gavojic. Low-carb comedy, the Dead Meat channel right now. Uh, they talk social media masochist. They are doing so much for Tremors. It's insane. Uh, I can't. I cannot believe the turnaround that we've had on people coming out and really supporting Stampede ever since Zoran fucking pointed that shit out. It, it's him. It's all them. They're using my knowledge, but it's all them and their little package of awesome. Thank you, Zoran. Fucking thank you. And then I gotta thank my family. Thank you, Pappy, my dad. Thank, actually, thank you, Danny Burzloff, my dad, Pappy. Thank you, Desiree Hurtis, my mom. Thank you, Lacey Burzloff, my sister. And thank you to my nephews, Sean Day, Sean Trell, Samaje, and Shamar. Y'all are lovely. I love you so much. Thank you for supporting and making this kind of thing happen. And my biggest thank you goes to, I think she's probably downstairs and was trying not to interrupt this podcast even though I did tell her she could come up here uh, Caitlin Marie Lutt Bursloff my wife, my love, my everything uh, if it wasn't for her support, you wouldn't be listening to me telling you about everything that's happening here this is this is for this is for her, this is for all that yeah, I mean that's yeah Oh, hey, thank you to Lance Gilmer, too. I always kind of halfway forget him. Uh, El, El Dusky Chungus. I always love hearing his stories. Um, yeah. This was a really good time. This was really good. I know you're like, why are you glad-handing yourself on the ass? Because I'm really fucking impressed that I got through that and I didn't make myself look like a jackass. I just looked really passionate. Which I will buy. I mean, look at my pit stains. Oh, you can see them. Oh, you can see them through the red. Look at that. Look at that podcast audience. Look at that. Look at those pits. Look at them. Look at the sweat. Look at the sweat. Here, I'll even take off my shirt. We'll end on this. Just so you see how nervous I am. Ah. Ah. You can see my boobs, too. Have at it. Um, but, yeah. That's how, that's how nervous I was, podcast audience. Yeah, I'm like a superstar. I take them and I smell them. I'm so cool. Like, you're like, what the fuck did Levi just... I did it. Ah, superstar. 90s kids would get that joke. But I did. That's how nervous I was, folks. Pitting out. And this has been Talking Tremors. I am your host. Levi Dylan Burzloff Lutt. Uh, make sure you... Check out the link tree. 
anywhere that you see at the Tremor Saga, there is a link tree profile. Click that shit and find out everything that you need to know. You can buy books from Brett Maddock. You can buy books from Steve Wilson. You can follow Steve Wilson's page. You can follow the Tremor Saga YouTube page. You can follow it on Imgur, on TikTok. Go to the Discord. You can read everything that just happened in the Stealing Perfection thing. You can read Seeking Perfection. You can, oh, you can read Tremors 2, The Lost Monsters. You can read Tremors 5, Gummer Down Under. And you can see the trailer and read the scripts for Tremors Uroboros. We put the 8 on its side. Now it's a 0 and it's infinity. We're bringing back the TV show, folks. We're going to make Glenn happy. We're going to get some optimism. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Check out my pits. Uh, enjoy the nervousness of humanity. And... As, as they say on Disney, be good people. Be good people. Love life. Live it. Go grab it and take every moment. Like Glenn was talking about, just go out there. Don't make a bucket list. Don't make anything. Just fucking go and do it. You want something you want to do? Go and do it, folks. Hell, that's the only reason we got a podcast. Oh, and if you want to be on this podcast, reach out to at the Tremor Saga or reach out to me at Omegan Smiles or uh, Levi Dillon Burzloff Luck. That's why I have a full name like that so you can find me fucking anywhere. Uh, but I am. I'm on Reddit. Actually, that's my biggest one. I'm usually on Reddit. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of Twitter. But if you reach out to me, I can usually I usually get messages. So let me know. Or you can reach out to me at thedoctorawesome at hotmail.com or now you have my email address so now you can, you know, Spam me or something. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. I'm rambling because I'm excited because Glenn, I hope he goes to talk to Brent now. And he's like, whoa, there's all this renewed fan interest and you have to make something now. That was my whole goal. I I don't even care about Tremors and, uh, as far as that's concerned. I just want some more Stampede Entertainment. Entertain me. Entertain me. Entertain me. Cha-ta-ta. Da, da, da. I'm ending the podcast. You can see my pits. I'm getting out. Oh, look at my shit. Oh, da, 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 da,